This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Um, by the way, you get to actually control the content of the website. You see something online that you think is interesting, you'd like to share it with some of our listeners. You go to freetalklive.com, submit it as show prep. You just put the link in there and describe it if you'd like. Uh, and then other people will decide whether they like or dislike your suggestion. And the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website over at freetalklive.com. Many more people see it here with you in the studio tonight. It's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. All right. So, of course, you can take control of these airwaves and bring up anything. <laughs> that is the point of the program. Hopefully, we'll be able to announce an exciting new affiliate later on uh, tonight once I receive confirmation that everything is going well there. Uh, 855-450-FREE is the number. And there's also news that is really sad. The feds have shut down a farm. Why? I bet you can guess. I'm guessing raw milk. Yep. The Washington Times keeping us safe from those conniving Amish people trying to foist their unprocessed, unhomogenized raw milk down Americans' throats. Who do they think they are? If they just assimilate, you know, if they just act a little more American— then it'd be okay. When when you say American, you mean obedient to the state? I'm not exactly sure what... Uh, Doing whatever are. they're told to do? Because that's what the problem is. The state is very upset. People calling themselves the state, very upset at the Amish people. I mean, they are bucking the re- regulations. They uh, you know dare to compete with the big milk manufacturers and offer people fresh raw milk right out of the cow, basically. Yep. People that want that. Right. People who are choosing. They're not foisting it on people. They're not uh, tra- advertising they? it as something that it's not. It's being advertised as raw milk. The FDA has won its two-year fight to shut down an Amish farmer who is selling fresh raw milk to eager consumers in the Washington region after a judge this month banned Daniel Algier from selling, or Algier, from selling his milk across state lines. And he told his customers he'll shut his farm down altogether. The decision has enraged his supporters, some of whom have been buying from him for six years, and who say government is interfering with their parental rights to feed their children. But the food- there's this big movement out there. It's uh, called nourishing traditions, and uh, um, you know they they're really into raw milk, grass-fed beef, and and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and my wife has read into it, and it's I mean the people that believe in this diet believe thoroughly in this diet. And there's lots of people with lots of different beliefs and diets, and you know sure. whatever you know that's the idea. You would think in America is that you could pick the diet that you want. Well, to me, I find it so ironic because. The standard American diet is what it's called, like what most people eat, which is generally a lot of processed Mm -hmm. food, is absolute garbage. Mm -hmm. So to say that, you know, you can't have milk because it's raw, because you have to stay safe is just, I mean, it just laughs in the face of this because most of what the government promotes you to eat is horrible for you. They know what's best, Julia. Who do you think you are questioning our master's? They wouldn't subsidize corn in the way that they do if they knew it was best. Well, I think it's clear they don't know what's best. They've they've changed the the food pyramid on I mean, a regular basis. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so they're constantly modifying their opinion as to what's best, and unfortunately, a lot of food companies go right along with it, and they you know they, well, they're funding it. 
They're funding the food pyramid? Yes, that's that's lobbyists, oh. people from the milk industry and all kinds of industries basically pay the government so that they can construct the pyramid to suggest hmm. that you need a glass of milk with every single meal, for example. Well, you know, and that's probably what nourishing traditions, the people that uh, the Weston Price folks would uh, would be into. Yes. I mean, they probably would say a glass of milk, but they'd say a glass of raw milk because well, it contains I'm the enzymes. Saying that, the- that you shouldn't eat a gr- drink a glass of milk. I'm just saying that that pyramid and it's not just the milk industry. It's it's other industries as well. That pyramid is constructed based on who's paying them. Indeed. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, <laughs> they're not stopping grocery stores from selling Cheetos. Nope. You know, and I love Cheetos. I got no problem with Cheetos, but, mm. but they're stopping. Like the hot ones, they're stopping an arm, an Amish farmer from selling raw milk. I mean, really, that's how insane it's it is. That I mean, dangerous. What What more do you really need? Maybe Maybe you're new to Free Talk Live. Maybe, maybe you you know you're, you're hearing us for the first time tonight, and this is news to you. You've never heard of this before. For us, this is old. You know, this is not the first Amish farmer that the feds or the state agents have gone after. It's just one of many. Indeed. And so, but maybe this is the first time you've ever heard anything like this. What more evidence do you need that the government is literally in almost every possible aspect of your life as you can imagine? What, what more do you need to prove to you that the government has uh, extended its reach plenty far into your personal decisions, into your own, your own body and your own ability to decide well, what to do with it? I mean, what more do you need? As though it weren't obvious enough when, you know, they ban things like marijuana. Clearly, they're trying to tell people what they can and can't do with their bodies. But now it's just gone to the point of absolute absurdity. I mean, at least you could make the excuse with marijuana that it, it alters your state of consciousness. So you shouldn't be able to have it, uh, which is a poor argument. But nonetheless, well, you could make that Especially because argument. it's been ruled. Or, I don't know if you, I think we read it on the air, the study about sugar alter, doing having the same effects on the brain as cocaine. Really? Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure I read that on the air. Maybe it was with Stephanie, but basically, addictive? it it the same the brain reacts the same way as when you do cocaine. Like it's just wow. as addictive, and the same pleasure centers are lit up. And interesting. So it's funny because they would gladly sell you sugar. Oh, there's plenty of candy on the market. Yeah, yes, there is. Away. Like I've had Coke and I've had candy bars, <laughs> and I can tell you there's a difference. There is a difference. Okay. I, I believe you. I've never had Coke, and I don't, I'm not interested in having Coke. Coca-Cola. I've had Coca-Cola, but not Coke, the, the drug. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, in case you needed any more evidence that uh, the absurdity is to the max, I mean, how much more ludicrous can it get? Really? Can, can someone come up with a more absurd situation than going after farmers for selling milk to willing customers? Really, I would like to hear it. Can someone come up with something more? I mean, I, sometimes the government does surprise me with its absurdity. Like, I feel like in many cases they've gone as far as they possibly can into the realm of the ludicrous, and then they do end up surprising me. So maybe someone out there can think of, you know, what's next? What What is the next ludicrous headline that we're going to see about the government uh, getting involved in our personal choices? 855-450-FREE. You're welcome to share that with us. You're certainly welcome to share your opinions on this. Uh, we can get into more of the news piece here in just a moment because people are already calling in with uh, with thoughts. Uh, but in addition to that, maybe you agree with the feds. Maybe you're somebody – I mean I don't think we've ever had anyone call to agree with the feds on this. But maybe you are that person 
who maybe work for the at the FDA, and you can call and tell us why this is important, why this Amish farmer needs to be shut down, and he needs to be, you know, possibly put in a cage, and, uh, you know, we need to put a stop to this raw milk. It is a scourge across America. That's right. Children are getting hooked on this stuff. Really? 855-450-FREE. John is in northern Minnesota listening to WNMT. John, go ahead with your thoughts. Uh, yes, sir. This... Uh the acronym fits it perfectly for standard American diet. It's sad. It sad. is. It is sad. Yeah, it is sad. And then uh, it's it, uh, it, it just fits it really perfectly. Uh, but the thing is, uh, I don't know if you've heard this movie Farmgate. I'm not familiar no. with Farmgate. No, I mean yeah, I try to keep. To be, I heard I heard on another talk show today about Farmgate. It, it, it was about the you know something about this here. Then there was another one, uh, Farmageddon. I've heard of Farmageddon, I, yep. So these are documentary films? Yeah, yeah. But but the thing is, they're going to be into everybody's stuff. Pretty soon they'll be telling them how many children they can have and uh, just just everything. It wouldn't surprise me if you know we started having government bureaucrats show up at people's houses and audit their pantries. Thank you for the call tonight, John. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. How much more crazy can this get? We'll tell you more about what happened with this Amish farmer here in a moment. Also, of course, take your calls about anything 855-450-FREE, especially if you're someone who thinks this is the right thing to do. We've got to put these me- these Amish people, we got to stop them. We need Could more. there possibly be somebody out who's going to call in and we say that? We need more raids, armed raids. Bring the SWAT team in. Bring the Bearcat in. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here, 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that you'll find there. We give them to you free at freetalklive.com. Live streams are there. Uh, broadband, midband, narrowband, different stream, uh, different stream bit rates for your internet connection. Whatever works best, you'll find one over at listen.freetalklive.com. And our radio listening options are listed there as well. All the great radio stations, over a hundred of them, from coast to coast, that carry the show at various times throughout the week. In addition to that, our satellite listening options, including XM satellite radio. Uh, the web, uh, the webcam. Uh, we have the listen lines, the KU band satellite channels, well, which is free to air. All the details are over at listen.freetalklive.com. Plenty of different ways for you to get Free Talk Live in your ears. Now, coming up here in less than two weeks is going to be the Free State Project's Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 26th. And if you love freedom, you should be at this. If you have been considering joining the Free State Project, you know, that movement that we've been talking about on this show for years, uh, the movement that we all moved to New Hampshire for, to get active, to become more, uh, to get together with other people that love liberty and, and do something to achieve liberty in our lifetimes. There are a thousand people here in New Hampshire now as part of the Free State Project. 
There are over 11,000 people that have pledged to move to New Hampshire, and hundreds of those people will be at the Liberty Forum. Many of the voices you hear on this show, Free Talk Live, in fact, will be broadcasting live from the Liberty Forum every single night. Uh, And and also many of the people that you hear calling this uh, radio program will be in attendance there. And so you get to connect with some of those folks, and many of them may end up being your neighbors in the future if you make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. So it's a great opportunity to network socially with other liberty-minded people. But in addition, you get to see some great speakers, people like Carlos Miller from Photography is Not a Crime. He was just recently arrested in Miami for being a photographer. And Taking pictures. That's right. Uh, Jody Emery from Cannabis Culture Magazine. Her husband, Mark, in jail, uh, prison, federal prison for years for selling marijuana seeds. She's going to be there. Peter Schiff, the famous investment advisor, one of the people who actually predicted uh, the economic crisis, he is going to be there. Uh, plus, Prax Girl from, uh, from the Prax Girl YouTube channel, the Praxeology. Uh, John Bush will be there and many others. So go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. You can get signed up there, get the full schedule of the event. Uh, also, use coupon code FTL2012. That's FTL2012 to save 10% over at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, and we will see you there. Uh, we'll continue here and take your phone calls about anything, but I want to give you a little more information about what happened with this Amish farmer, uh, Al, A-L-L-G-Y-E-R. You think that's Al Geyer? I think it is. Al okay. Geyer. Uh, Daniel Al Geyer has been prevented from selling his raw milk to eager consumers in the Washington region. The feds have told him he may not sell his milk across state lines, and he told his customers he'll be shutting his farm down altogether as a result of that. Imagine how eager you are as a consumer to go out of your way to get milk. I mean... You have to be pretty excited about that. Think about it for a second. Every one of these people likely goes to the grocery store once a week, if not at least every other week, right? But they take special time out of their week, either to have it delivered or to... Which costs more. Right, absolutely. It, it, it does cost more to get raw milk, no doubt about, about it. Or they go to his farm in order to get it for themselves. And imagine how passionate you have to be about your milk in order to do that. The Food and Drug Administration, which launched a full investigation complete with a 5 a.m. surprise inspection and a straw purchase sting operation. The hell does that mean? Straw purchase sting operation against Mr. Algier's Rainbow Acres farm. uh, Like a straw man is something that's fake. So a straw purchase could be a fake purchase. Or were they buying straw? I don't know. I suppose Mr. Algier's Rainbow Acres farm near Lancaster said unpasteurized milk is unsafe and said it was exercising its due authority to stop its sale from one state to another. I wish I could talk to that person. I know that they would never call, probably not even listen, but I would like to know if that person really believes that. That it's unsafe. Yes. Well, there there are inherent uh, dangers to raw milk. I mean, if it's God. if it's not handled in a um, you know the, the 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 most clean fashion, then you can have all kinds of uh, you know problems with it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but you know these people want to take that risk. <laughs> I mean, stop I mean, in, stop into your local bathroom and see you know what risks there are there. No doubt. I mean, if we're gonna get all crazy about little risks then we might as well be living in padded cells, right? I drank raw milk. Um, we've, we've had it at our house for at least the last five years. According to Algier's Troubles, Judge Lawrence Stengel said if he's found to violate the law again, he'll have to pay the FDA's costs for investigating and prosecuting him. His customers are wary of talking publicly, fearing the FDA will come after them. 
No doubt. I can't believe in 2012 the federal Americans government... Americans are scared. They sure are. To talk poor little things. to the press because they're afraid that their government will come after them for milk. I can't believe in 2012 the federal government is raiding Amish farmers at gunpoint all over a basic human right to eat natural food, said one customer who asked not to be named, but got weekly shipments of eggs, milk, honey, and butter from Rainbow Acres. My God, they just don't stop, do they? In Maryland, they force taxpayers to pay for abortions, but God forbid we want the same milk our grandparents drank. The FDA, though, said the judge made the right call in halting Mr. Allgaier's cross-border sales, saying interstate sale of raw milk is allowed in Pennsylvania, and Mr. Allgaier had previously received a warning letter advising him that interstate sale of raw milk for human consumption is illegal. How dare he just... Who does he think he is flaunting our legislators, flaunting our bureaucrats, our law. laws, our regulations? Who does... We voted for these people. Oh, wait. No, I didn't vote. For, did you guys vote for them? I don't, I don't even know who you're talking about, but the, since the I don't FDA. vote generally, I probably didn't. Did you vote for the, the FDA? The FDA? No, they're just some appointed group that uh, likely the rules have never been uh, created by a legislative body. These are just the, the organization was legislated into place to regulate, and then they've made these rules up. The funny thing about the FDA, too, is if you can, I'll see if I can pull up the list, but you can find lists of the number of people that are on organizations like the FDA that are actually or were lobbyists for mm, various yeah. Oh, yeah. food industries. Like it's, the milk manufacturers. Right. It, I mean, it's just insulting. The FDA says that after an extensive study with the Centers for Disease Control, another government organization, it concluded that there is no time when raw milk is safer. They dispute those who say that pasteurization, the process of heating food to kill harmful organisms, makes milk less healthy. See, we are the FDA, and we know everything. We are infallible. And, you know, even if even if they're right, let's say they're right and that, uh, you know, the raw milk is, you know, it's it's always a riskier thing to uh, to drink raw milk. It's just an insult to freedom of choice to suggest that people shouldn't be able to take risks, that people shouldn't be able to make risky decisions about things. So should I also not be able to order a steak uh, rare? Because that's risky, isn't it? I would say that there's some risk to it. What sure. about what about cooking eggs over uh, over easy? Isn't that risky, too? I would think that there's probably some risk to right, it. Right, right. So do we need the FDA also doing uh, sting operations uh, when it comes to, you know, restaurants serving things at certain temperatures? They have a, lot of, uh, a lot of restaurants won't, won't serve a medium hamburger for just that reason. How crazy is this going to become? Because if this is, you know, a harbinger of things to come, then what's next? 855-450-FREE. Because don't think they're going to stop here. As long as people are obedient, as long as they do what they're told, they'll just keep creating regulations. They'll just keep going. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com Can bring up anything. 
that you want, 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you'll find there. We've got a lot of them. And unlike those other talk show hosts in the business, we don't charge you for it. So head on over to freetalklive.com and enjoy our news updates. You can get signed up. And whenever there's something fresh to announce about Free Talk Live, you will know first if you are on the news updates list. And you can do that uh, by following us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you prefer. Head on over to news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up there. Check out gold.freetalklive.com. If you're going to be purchasing some precious metals, check out gold.freetalklive.com. We've got some of the best rates available to you on the Internet at gold.freetalklive. We've teamed up with uh, Midas Resources to offer you not only great rates, but great service, fast shipping. It's gold.freetalklive.com. Dot com And not only are you getting the gold and the silver that uh, you want to get for whether it's an investment or barter currency or a hedge against inflation, but you're helping Free Talk Live in the process. It's gold.freetalklive.com. So we'll continue with your calls here in a moment. Just a few more thoughts on the news. This is um, you know important. They're taking criminals off the streets, keeping your children safe from raw milk. An Amish farmer has been threatened. He has lost a court case in federal court versus the FDA. He is going to be shutting down his farm. Luckily, I don't think he's looking at any time in jail. In this particular case, he has simply been threatened out of business. And he has decided that he's just going to shut his business down rather than try to restructure his operation to be federally approved. So that's the end of that, Amish farmer. Uh, And he's not the only one. uh, This raw milk thing is something I forgot to mention is this is a way for – local farmers to be able to stay in business rather than becoming sort of this part of this large homogenized big agra thing Mm -hmm. this is a way for local farmers to serve their local communities because you know people different people want different things some people want organic vegetables some people want fresh local vegetables Uh, you know there's all kinds of different things some people want raw milk and some people want organic raw milk and there's all different aspects to this and this is a way for them to serve their local community some people just want farms in their local community because they feel that it insulates them from an economic collapse all kinds of things there's the uh the slow money movement and this is all part of it and this is how the government goes about being the enforcer for its big business cronies all the people out there that you know claim to want to you know see government work for the people well <laughs> you can't give power to the government and then expect it to work for the people hey you wanted them to have an fda right i mean if you're the, if you're the kind of person out there who thinks that the, well the fda is valuable it's just that they make a few mistakes from time to time hey you were the one who opened pandora's box if you're someone who supports the fda because as soon as you say it's okay for government to tell us what we can and can't eat There you go. Everything can come out of that. Any sort of crazy control that you never really originally intended with the idea of the FDA is now it's coming. If it's not here, it's coming next. Because as soon as one regulation exists, a thousand regulations can exist. And as soon as a thousand exist, 20,000 and then 200,000. And before you know it, before you know it, it's it's in every corner of your life. So a little more about what happened to Mr. Algeyer here, just so you have an idea exactly how important the FDA thought this case was. 
They, uh, <clears throat> let's see, they began looking into Mr. Algeyer in late 2009 when an investigator in the agency's Baltimore office used aliases to sign up for a Yahoo user group made up of Rainbow Acres customers. The investigator placed orders for fresh milk and had it delivered to private residences in Maryland where it was picked up and documented as evidence in the case. <laughs> what if they're still storing it as, uh, yeah, as I guess. In cro- By crossing state lines, it became part of interstate commerce and thus subject to the FDA's ban. At one point, the FDA made a 5 a.m. visit to Mr. Algeyer's farm, but he turned them away, though not before they observed milk containers labeled for shipment to Maryland. After the FDA first took action, Mr. Algeyer changed his business model. He's a sneaky one, that Amish farmer. He arranged to sell shares in the cows to the customers, arguing then that the cows were then owned by the customers. Therefore, the customers owned the milk, and he was simply transferring the milk to the owners. This is not an uncommon practice for local farmers to do the uh, the, the you know the animal share program. But Judge Stengel called that deal, quote, merely a subterfuge, unquote. That's right. You lie and stinking Amish people. The practical result, said the judge in his 13-page opinion, is that the real uh, the result... You know, <laughs> this is a, a ruse, right? Well, you know, when an Amish guy goes and uh, you know says, okay, well, I want to sell my customers raw milk, so I'll just go ahead and do this uh, farm share program that uh, so many places have, then it's a ruse. But when... Big corporations incorporate in order to protect their, uh, you know, their their owners and their CEOs from from uh, the legitimate mm-hmm. gripes and actions of other people. I mean, I lost a, a lot of money in Enron. Why can't I sue the people who did bad things there? Because they're protected. They're protected. corporations. But that's what government does, Mark. It gives uh, people. It protects those. Right. It gives the rich and the powerful and those who know the law and they know the legal system. It gives them protection from the rest of us mundane folks. In his 13-page opinion, the judge wrote, The practical result of the arrangement is that consumers pay money to Mr. Algeyer and receive raw milk. The grass-fed on the Hill Buying Club has about 500 active members. Liz Retzig, a mom who's become raw milk activist and is an organizer of the group, said the lawyers who pursued the case against Mr. Algeyer ought to be ashamed. She said many families are dependent on the milk for health reasons or nutritional needs, so a lot of people will be desperately trying to find another source now. Hey, just like pot buyers and other drug users, just like uh, anybody that's interested in a particular product, what do you know? You take out the dealer... And the customers are still there. And how much did it cost to take this dealer out is what I want to know. They've been investigating and prosecuting him since 2009. Right. I mean, so what did the federal government spend of your tax? I mean, here, Hundreds of thousands, in, I would guess. In, in, this, uh, in this era of austerity, how much did the federal government spend of your tax money going after Mark, some we, Amish guy? We have to send a message. We have to send a message to all these other Amish farmers and everyone else out there who would dare sell their products without our permission. This will not be tolerated in this America. That's this right. is the land of the free. Who do you think you're dealing with here? Indeed. So how do you feel about this? 855-450-FREE is a toll-free number. I think it's interesting, though, that uh, you know this woman's pointing out, look, we're just going to find someone else. We're, we're gonna, we still want raw milk. The federal government hasn't convinced us with its prosecutions, so we're going to find another provider. So just like in the drug war, you take out the dealers, another dealer will step up to replace them because as long as market demand exists for a product or service, it will always be provided no matter whether it's pro- prohibited or not. We've had, we've had Amish girls get busted in the Walgreens parking lot for trying to do uh, a, dr- a drug deal, basically, with raw milk. 
I mean, they're sitting in the car with a carafe of raw milk waiting for their customer to pull up next to them in the parking lot so they can surreptitiously do a transaction. I mean, that's how crazy this is. What are they doing in a car? You know some Amish have cars. Some Amish have cars. Some of, them uh, some of them are driven around, though. All right. So maybe they rode up on horses, Mark. I don't know. I don't remember all the details of the story, but that is a story. All right. So Aaron is in Cincinnati. You can bring up anything you want. Aaron, go ahead. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah. Um, I actually just got my selective service papers from the government. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was boy. sort of like, yeah, fun. <laughs> and I was sort of wondering, like, about all this, like it keeps on. The main thing that stuck out to me is it says male has to, and if you're female, you get to just skip out on it. And I'm wondering, like, is there any precedent? Like, has anybody actually tried to challenge that yet? Or hey, like, you mean, are you when you say challenge it? Are you saying like to try to force females into the system, or to, I think no, it's... to say because girls can't, don't have to do it, why do I have to do it? I don't want to do this at all, like either. When when my my mom and dad are really anti-military, and when that came for my brother in the mail, my mom just threw it in the garbage, and um, nothing ever happened. But I've heard that some states have laws where they'll actually, like when you get a driver's license or something like that, they'll automatically sign you up, but mm. I think it depends on the state. So. That's probably true. In fact, Aaron, if you want to hang on, you say it's papers. I remember when it was me, I got just like a postcard. So I wonder if there's more, is it like a longer form nowadays? It's been a long time for me. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves, selective service, Amish farmers, whatever's on your mind. Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Also, you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And, by the way, some of the features on those sites, uh, you know, we give them away. So it does cost us a little bit of money to run the site. Luckily, we've got some great advertisers like SACL CAI that kind of help us out with that. But there are other ways that you can help support the show financially. Uh, One of those ways is by shopping with us. So you've probably done online shopping before, in which case you've likely shopped through Amazon. So you know that they've got a huge selection, categories all over the place, including groceries, uh, and that you can order through our affiliate link at shop.freetalklive.com, and Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase. So when you go to shop.freetalklive.com, you will find different Amazon links to different countries. Click in the right Amazon for you, and it's just a regular Amazon experience at that point. It's what you're used to with Amazon. You're just entering through our portal, and Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. Once what again, happens if you click on the wrong Amazon link for your country? Well, you'd be going to Amazon Germany or something like that. I mean, if you're—I know that they have an Amazon UK. I can still speak that language. Yeah, 
you're going to pay a lot more for shipping in that case. Okay. You it's probably, probably in pounds or whatever it is they use, uh, euro now. Uh, no, they, they use still pounds, use pounds. pounds in, Europe, in Britain, I think. Yeah, you could you can go and see for yourself, Mark, and then find <laughs> out what it costs. Actually, I did buy something through Amazon Canada one time because they didn't have it anywhere else. So it's possible to do that. You just have to wait a little longer. It's international shipping and all that. So uh, go again to shop.freetalklive.com. Gentleman on the phones uh, dropped off during the break, but he had called about the uh, selective service and how he just got his papers and you know he doesn't want to do this and. I wish that I had had the gumption to say no when I was 18. I was scared, though, at that time. I had not uh, really become a principled, liberty-minded person at that point. I certainly wasn't anywhere near the idea of non-cooperation or civil disobedience. And so for but me— they make it very difficult for you not to get to this uh, selective service thing. No, they don't. I mean, I mean unless, it's, unless you're in one of those states like Julia suggested where you have to do it in order to get a driver's license, the only difficulty is the threats— that they levy against you. If you read the the card, at least he said there were papers, um, but he's not here now, so we can't ask him the details. But when it was me, it was like a postcard, basically. Mm-hmm. And it said on there that uh, you had to do this or else you would face up to five years in prison and like a $500,000 fine. Nowadays, I know that they made it so you don't have to, uh, that you can't get like federal aid for college or something like that so there's that if you want to get a federal job then you can't get a federal job uh so for me you know i don't care about getting a federal job and i certainly don't care about their money for college so a lot of people you know they're going to say to themselves do i want that free money in college and you know well it's 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 never free free. strings are attached to pay it back but you pretty much pell grants free yeah but they don't i don't know i've i signed up for it now i have a small amount of federal student loans mm-hmm. and uh, they don't, they never offer me any Pell Grants and I make not a lot of money at all on paper and I don't, you know what I mean? A lot of the questions are like, do you take food stamps, blah, 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 and I don't have anything like that. So it's not like I've ever reaped any government benefits and they, I mean, they give you mostly loans and then like a small percentage is a, like a loan that I don't have to pay interest on. Hmm. They never. They say Pell Grants are an option, but like they, I don't know why. I mean, I feel like I would be more eligible than anybody. You would think. So the selective service. But I you, signed up for the selective service because I didn't know any better, and it's never right. it's never resulted in anything in my life. Well, it's because they didn't bring the draft back, thank goodness. Um, but that's the point. For those that don't know, maybe there are younger people out there that uh, are listening that never heard of the selective service system. Uh, or maybe I guess it's possible some ladies haven't heard of it because you got you, you don't get the postcards no. only only males do. Uh, this is the government's draft system. It has never truly been eliminated. When they when they ended the draft in the 1970s after the Vietnam War, they kept the selective service going. So this whole time, the entire structure for the draft, the political structure for the draft. Uh, has been in existence. The draft boards are still there. They're still populated with people. The Selective Service is still operating. It's still sending out these postcards to every 17-year-old boy across the country, which is, of course, another reason not to put your kids in government school, by the way. Uh, That's how they likely get your information. I wouldn't know. And they're sending out these draft cards. They're threatening people, and they're getting these young men to turn over their information voluntarily course it's not really voluntary if you're scared of the federal government but ultimately you don't have to do it and and i think julia's right there aren't really any actual penalties i i don't know of any i'm no lawyer you know i haven't done all the research but i've i've never heard of anybody having to pay a five hundred thousand dollar fine to the federal government for not signing up for selective service i think they just put that on there i I think it's the case where um you know most people will fill it out 
because it's a postcard from the government. Sure. And especially because most kids are living at their parents when they're 18 and their parents will give it to them to fill out if they don't see it. So well, I, it I says, don't think they feel like they need to go after people. You know, they have your information. They, they can get you if they want very, to. That's the strangest part. They know enough to send me the card, but they want but me they to fill it to out. they need you to sign it. They need you to say yes. I guess but that's it. But they don't it. really need you to say <laughs> right? yes. I mean, it's a dra- it's for the draft. But why? Well, I mean, right. it's, I but mean, if they don't need nominally, it, then why are they doing it? It's a nominally a uh, a draft is not supposed to be voluntary, fair, voluntary anyway. Although there are theories out there that suggest that if they do bring the draft back, that you're not supposed to cross the yellow line or something There's like that. There's all kinds of theories in yeah. this world, no doubt about it. I, I, Maybe <laughs> it's because when they implemented it, that was the old America where they at least had to pretend like they were still following like the Constitution and all that. I see what you're saying. So and it's like now, a relic. right, like now they just really can do whatever they want, yeah. but they don't want to say that. So they kind of still, they pretend like they follow the laws, right? Well, yeah, sending out those postcards does give bureaucrats jobs. So, you know, maybe cutting the program would, would result in too much uh, complaints from the unions. I want to know who's on these local draft boards. Good question. I have never even heard of one. They exist. I, I, yeah, but who's on them? You'd have to contact the Selective Service, and then I don't know if they give that information out publicly. I File just a Freedom of Information Act request never to see what heard that gets of you. somebody who's on a local draft board. Let's go to the phones and your thoughts. You can bring up anything you want, whether it's your experience with Selective Service or anything goes. Jay is listening in Indy. Jay, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Oh, hi, guys. I just wanted to, uh, before I started talking about my topic, is I wanted to mention how awesome Audible.com was. And Amazon shop dot Well, great. So you went and got a free. Uh, I, you went and got a free audiobook from audiblepodcast.com dot com slash ftl. Not only did I get a free audiobook, I got hooked on the service and I downloaded about seventeen different uh, audiobooks, and I, I really love the service. So, was it your first time with an audiobook, or had you had audiobooks before in the past? I've been listening to podcasts for a long time, but, you know, it never was so easy as just going to Audible. Wow. And I, I really liked that I was able to go there and support you guys at the same time. Audible needs to hire this guy. I mean, he's, uh, he's great. <laughs> yeah, that's great, an endorsement. Yeah, it's a great customer testimonial. And if you think about it, they're pretty sharp, Audible, by av- advertising on podcasts for audiblepodcast.com slash, you know, slash FTL, free, free audiobooks. I mean, it's a perfect audience for their product indeed and yeah i'm i'm more than welcome you know I, i'm more than willing to uh start accepting payments right now <laughs> but so, uh what i really wanted to talk about yeah, was uh circumcision oh boy and and you know it's such a, a horrible thing i mean it is like these people are mutilating their their children and but they know, don't see it I that just, way i just you're talking about male circumcision, well, right? I mean, because female circumcision is even more horrible, but thankfully it's illegal. it doesn't go on around here. Yeah, well, either way, I, I can't even tell you the difference. I mean, all I got to say is that the, uh, you know, in in Poland, they, they had it figured out. And, uh, what you know, what they did is they took care of the problem. What did they do? Oh, well, you know, they recognize that it's a violation of, of uh, rights. And so what they did was they, they when they took all of those individuals who were circumcising their children and they uh, made a, they put on a work so that they would have to, you know, pay off, pay restitution to those children who it's interesting. violated. 
Yeah, no, that, that's know, an interesting and, question. Like, should children who've been circumcised or had other sort of cosmetic things done to them as children, uh, that you know, operations or whatever that their parents foisted upon them, should they be able to take their parents to court? I think that that actually happened in the United States, and the guy won. Jay, thanks for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Like, I'm not that upset about it. You know, <laughs> well, I love go. my par- my mother, yeah. and I'm not going to go. Uh, and, and I'm not even certain that she actually had the choice. I was adopted, mm, so yeah. you know, at that point, the hospital kind of feels like they're in charge, um, and you know, who know, who knows what kind of uh, options she had. And at that time, you know, people just believe that that's what you do. The toll free number here eight five five four fifty free. Hey, there was something we started Saturday night. We never got past the first one of five. We had five deathbed regrets. And I think it's an interesting list with some useful information. So we'll get to that. And, of course, your calls about anything. Hour 2's next. Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll free and bring up anything you want. 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 855 450 3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find there. Again, freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. And by the way, if you want, you can actually control the content of our website. It's very simple to do. You just uh, submit different things to it. Submit it as show prep and they pop up on the site. Other people can then vote as to whether or not they like or dislike your suggestions. And the most liked, make it to the front page and the top of the site. So head on over to freetalklive.com and get interactive there. As we go to your phone calls, still to come, the top five deathbed regrets. We'll uh, continue that list from this weekend. And first we go to Patrick listening in Cocoa, Florida. Patrick, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Super. What's on your mind, Patrick? Hey, I got a couple things. Um, the first thing, I think... Uh, when you're talking about raw milk or circumcision, for that matter, um, I think language is pretty important. Because, like, in reality, we should say these Amish people are selling milk. Everyone else is selling pasteurized milk. You know what I'm saying? Because it is just milk. I guess that's true. I, I see mean, what you're saying. Yeah, so you're saying that the pasteurized milk should be called pasteurized milk and the raw milk should just be called milk. Yeah, in my mind, I mean, people who are circumcised should be. That's the first circumcised, everyone else is intact. Never, I never use the word uh, uncircumcised because I think it's uh, misrepresenting what's really going on. Interesting. So, yeah, so basically acknowledging the natural state and then using modifier terms on top of that. Correct, correct. And, and my second thing was, um, I don't know if you know how it works or not, but um, the uh, Amazon, your Amazon, um, your link through Amazon. Yes, sir. 
is it, does that link ever change? Because I've been, what I've been doing is doing like friends' house and stuff, and I'm on my computer, or whatever, fixing it. I'll, I'll add a bookmark to Amazon, but through your link. Just okay, so, uh, so here's here's what change. you can look at. When you go to shop.freetalklive.com and then you click on the Amazon link, you'll see in that first URL there's a code that's uh, – it's like Free Talk Live 20 or something like that. You, you can see uh, – yeah, Free Talk Live hyphen 20. That's for the U.S. site. And there's another one that's like Free Tali something or other if you're on the international sites. But you'll see our little code up in there. As long as that code is in the, that first Amazon link, it basically sets a cookie – on uh, that person's computer, and so if you go back, uh, yeah, if you go through that same link again and again, then then, then that'll work for them. Yeah, but if they, yeah, I mean, so, sorry, I was going to so say, so far it's been the same. It's, it, so far it's been the same link, so I haven't worried about. It. I, I don't know if it ever changes. I was just curious. No, it does not ever change. And in fact, you can take cool. that. Uh, you can take that code if you want. And if like if you're if you want to share, say you've you've got a something you bought on Amazon, you got a new video game or whatever, and you want to share that with your friend. Oh, you think you should get, pick up this game? You can take that Free Talk Live code, that portion of the URL, and tack it on to any Amazon link, and it should also uh, give us credit for for that too. So there are ways to like construct yeah. links with that code in them. But I can't give you more detail and technical detail here on how exactly to do that. You just have to know what portion of the code to, to take out. Out and, and paste. Okay, I understand. And uh, hey, I love you guys. Show um, you must. Yeah, I'm down here in Florida. I can't wait to get up there to the free state. So um, great. When are you coming I'll up? See you guys soon. But I, I got to get a uh, financial situation. Uh, I got to get a job ready up there. I'm, I'm, I'm an AC mechanic down here. So uh, you're an, you're an air conditioning. You said AC, like air conditioning. Yeah. There's a lot of houses that yeah. need air conditioning up here. There, Gosh. There are a lot of houses oh, yeah. that need air conditioning, but also as long as you're, you know, HVAC, you can handle heating stuff, then there's a lot of that work here too. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. We do. We heat down here every once in a while. So yeah, right. You got to know it. <laughs> hey, somewhere. Patrick, thanks for the call tonight. Uh, see you in the Shire in New Hampshire when you get up here. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. And also, as far as job resources are concerned, a lot of people are pretty concerned with you know having that job lined up before they get here. Uh, of course, we're talking about the Free State Project, people moving to New Hampshire uh, as part of a movement of liberty-minded people all concentrating their activism in one place. And there are a few different resources for jobs. The Free State Project has a jobs forum on their on their forum. They have a forum, and there's a jobs, I believe, subsection there where people across the state, whenever they see jobs, they're posting them there. Uh, and there's, I believe, some other links to other job sites. I know you can go to jobs.freekeen.com. If you're looking uh, in the Keen area, that'll take you right to the jobs forum with some useful links like to temp agencies and you know classified ads, Craigslist, etc., other places where you can look for jobs. And there's also a Manchester job section in the uh, the Shire Society forum. So when you go to forum.shiresociety.com, you'll find both the, the Keene and Manchester uh, job sections. So there's some some resources for those of you that are looking. Of course, always a good idea to get your finances in order. Though some people who have uh, looked for jobs prior to moving haven't been too successful, it seems as though people have the most luck from what I hear. Thankfully, I didn't have to look for a job. I brought mine with me. Uh, But from what I understand, being in New Hampshire makes it easier to find a job. Well, I have heard that a lot of companies won't take you seriously, you know, if you live in another state. I've heard. I, I mean, I've heard that situation totally unfree state project related. Like I've known people who wanted to move and they couldn't find anyone to take them seriously until they actually lived in that state. Until they had a six hundred three area code number and until they were able to come physically into the office. And what about you know, Google Voice? 
you cannot get a 603 area code number out, out of Google Voice. Really? But what you can do is you can get a cell phone with a 603 area code while you live in another state. Oh, you get like a track phone? We, no, I had I got, a, yeah, yeah, I had a Sprint Sprint phone, 603 in Florida. Mm. Yeah, we went to we went to Sprint before we, we decided which cell phone company we wanted to go with when we moved up here, which is a worthy thing of looking at because uh, sometimes you're not going to be able to move your cell phone provider up to a different state. They just may not have the coverage. Uh, some cell phone companies are regional, etc. So we, we determined, based on coverage maps and all that and pricing, what cell phone company we were going to go with. Went to Sprint down in Florida and then said, we're moving to New Hampshire and would like to have New Hampshire number. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. So it's no problem. But they're still probably, if you have, if you get, well, say, a mailbox or something like that and a uh, cell phone with the with the right area code, they're probably going to want you to come in come for in. an in- interview. And then you're going to be like, OK, well, let me, I'm going to have to Next schedule month. the plane ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it, it definitely seems to help people to be here. But obviously, if you're going to be here, you've got to have money and savings. You've got to be you know prepared to live for a little while without or having a job. You could do what I did, which was I got a job at like a minimum wage style. I think it was a little more than minimum wage, but I worked at Panera in Florida mm-hmm. part-time when I was going to school down there, and I just called my Panera, you know, up here, and I had an interview waiting for me. I said, I'm moving right. to, you know what I mean? And Transferred. at the very least, I actually ended up going into management, so I was making more money, but at least when I got here, you I had, had an $8 an hour job, you know what I mean? Some money coming in. Stuff yeah. and Target. So if you could find a chain... You know what I mean? If you have a little money saved up and you just want to kind of ensure like at least a small paycheck when you get here, I would suggest finding some sort of chain where they let you transfer. So we're, sense. we've uh, we started this story or this uh, piece on the weekend on Saturday night. We got through number one of the top five deathbed regrets. And I thought, you know, this is useful information. They interviewed a lot of people uh, on their deathbeds, basically, and... It's actually a palliative care nurse who did this. She wrote an article encompassing her experiences of numerous conversations with people on their deathbed. And what did they regret? What do they wish they could do differently when they looked back? So the first one, by the way, just to recap for you, was I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And I have to say that's so important because if all you're doing with your life is doing what other people expect you to do, then you're just their proxy. You're just an extension of them. And you're not living for yourself. We talk more about that on Saturday. You're certainly welcome to comment on it. Number two is I wish I didn't work so hard. This regret is so prevalent in the West. And by the way, this is uh, the citing the source here is the dollar vigilante. Uh, The regret is so prevalent, prevalent in the West because Western governments have made a point of working their tax slaves to death. First, they make a massive amount of they take a massive amount of your income. Ask yourself, if you had paid no tax, would you have the ability to spend more time with your family or doing non-work-related activities? Well, the obvious answer is yes. And then the scourge, uh, also through the scourge of central banking, where they slowly inflate away uh, most people's savings and engender an economy where those who own the assets usually gain on those who work for wages, making the tax hamsters run even faster. Pre-1970s abandonment of the gold standard and resulting stagflation, a single income could support a family at that time. And now, due to uh, inflation and other factors, two parents are required to work. Children are shuffled off the daycares and etc. More coming up. Free Talk Live. 
Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number here is 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. We've got a lot of features there. We give them to you. So head over there and enjoy them on us. And those features include the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video uh, over at shrine.freetalklive.com. Had a Shrine submission last week, but unfortunately the lady in question did not actually send in a validated photo. She sent in several photos of herself, and I believe it's her. I have reason to believe that it's her, but the point of the validation process is to prove it, you know, to prove that you are who you say you are, uh, and that you're not just some you know, teenage boy on the internet sending. Plus, us a it looks picture. good for Free Talk Live when you're, you know, when female listeners holding up a sign that says Free Talk Live. Right. So that's the idea. You know, a sign is kind of the traditional way to validate, but some people have come up with, uh, you know, really interesting, creative ways uh, to validate as well to prove in their picture that they are Free Talk Live listeners. So go and get the details over at shrine.freetalklive.com. That again is shrine.freetalklive. Dot com. As we continue here, deathbed regrets. Uh, your thoughts are certainly welcome on these. Uh, a palliative care nurse has written an article over at the uh, – it's by the Dollar Vigilante. It's the website apparently where this is being hosted, uh, reprinted over at lewrockwell.com about what is it that, that uh, our fellow humans are looking back on their lives and saying, boy, you know, if I could do it all over again, I would change this. Seems and, like a valuable thing to know. Yeah. Uh, number one was, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. Number two, I wish I didn't work so hard. And the article points out correctly here that because of taxes, uh, it's come to a point where it, it seems, it feels like in a lot of families, both parents have to work in order to pay, get the bills paid, keep food on the table. And it didn't used to be that way. But now we've got you know bigger government, more taxes. People have you know they're too Gotta scared. Pay your taxes. They're too scared. You, know, you don't have to, uh, but you're too scared not to pay them, and so therefore you go right along on the uh, the hamster wheel of life, and they you know they get you trapped in the rat race, and then you look back after it's all said and done, and you wish you'd had more time for yourself. Well, maybe you shouldn't have gone along to get along. Maybe you shouldn't have done everything you were told to do. Because the more we become obedient, we touched on this in the first hour, the more we're obedient, the more we do as we're told by the government people, the more they own us, the less you're living for yourself and the more you're living for someone else. There's plenty of evidence that uh, when you don't do what they tell you, that they own you too. Well, they will put you in a jail cell. There always is that possibility. Strong proof. But not always. There are millions of Americans who don't pay taxes Indeed. and the government has never gone after them. And if enough people gather together who also don't pay taxes and they do it together, then that makes it even more unassailable uh, for the feds. If if people just decided tomorrow that they didn't want to believe in the government anymore and didn't want to uh, obey or or pay them anything anymore, then they would have a real tough time enforcing anything. The reason why the government is, is the way it is is because we allow it to be. It's all of our fault, collectively. 
So continuing here with the piece, uh, it talks about the you know folks and why the lifestyles changed and how the costs are higher because of uh, taxation. Anyway, parents are required to work and children are shuffled off to daycares and government indoctrination camps at a young age to endure for 20 plus years of education. And this is also not to mention the cubicle lifestyle so popular in the West and the long soul draining commutes that are also common. That's an interesting point about the 20 years of education. Uh, I think that we've seen evidence that young people, they're very bright. Uh, when given the opportunity to explore their own educational interests, they can educate themselves. Unschooling proves that you don't need centralized control and some group of bureaucrats to decide who should be educated and under what topics and what curriculum and all that. That kids can decide these things for themselves. And with an unschooling kind of situation, there's nothing to prevent a young person from becoming an entrepreneur in those cases. In fact, we've seen stories about millionaire, what was it, like a millionaire seven-year-old or something like that who ah, you know, started, that started out shining shoes and like just you know was very entrepreneurial from an early age and before I think it was like 13, he had a million dollars or something like that and there's 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 success stories out there it's not a luck thing it's an entrepreneurship thing and in the government schools they don't encourage that at all in yeah if you go- try to go there and sell uh, an hour laters or something uh, under the table well they're gonna go after you exactly and you got to ask permission if you want to do business. You have to get a license. You have to get uh, you know your permission slip, your hall pass, or your business pass. So you know, government school is just the government control grid, kind of on a smaller basis. And then one, you know, it's it's preparation, uh, teaching kids to be obedient for when they finally get out. It does seem like there's a lot of obedience involved, and you know, I, to some extent, I can understand why they choose to uh, crack down on that obedience. But if these people were really the servants that they, the civil servants, claim to be, then you'd be able to, you know, step out of the classroom, use the bathroom and come back in without ask, begging permission from them. You know, I mean, what's... this is actually the one thing I think government has been very successful at, and it's the government indoctrination camps. Yeah, they, like, they're not good at much, but they are very good at indoctrinating kids. Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, we've been recently been uh, hunted down by the Keene and Swansea police here in South, southern New Hampshire <laughs> because... Liberty activists, a handful of has a handful of us have been going to government high schools and handing out information to students after school, and this is very upsetting to the people in the status quo. I mean, oh my God, these uh, radicals are coming here and suggesting that kids think for themselves and suggesting you know freedom-related ideas. We can't have this uh, at our government schools because it threatens the status quo. It threatens the legitimacy of the state, and so they call the police. The police are now trying to serve me with uh, with no trespass orders, saying that I can't set foot on a local high school. Uh, Campus. Well, that makes the courthouse, uh, uh, high school. Pretty soon, you won't be able to go anywhere. That's the way it's looking, Mark. Because it's a whole, it's a big joke. The idea that you have the right to assemble, uh, the idea that you have the right to free speech, that you have the right to uh, to be the free press. These are all rights that are being violated in this particular case. Because I'm being forced to pay for these schools. I'm being forced to pay for the courthouse. In fact, I was threatened to the courthouse today as I was doing jury outreach. I was told if I didn't cross a certain line within a second, I would be arrested for trespass. So they don't want me reaching out to jurors with the truth about jury nullification. They don't want me reaching out to uh, young people with uh, you know the truth about freedom. And they're very, very threatened by this. So what also has happened as a result is, just to kind of prove uh, what Julia said, that this is a very effective program, a lot of these young people, very indoctrinated, are coming on the Free Keen Facebook page. 
And they're commenting about how they don't appreciate that we're disrespecting their principle. And just thinking back to my experience in school, there would have only been like one kid in all of high school that would have been such a brown noser toward the principal that he would have, you know, stood up for the principal like that. In this case, there I guess must you, be. You guys have been pretty effective in driving the kids together then, huh? There must. What do you mean by that? Well, apparently there's a bunch of kids there that. Uh, you they know, love their principal, man. May, I mean, they, maybe they just dislike you. Maybe they didn't like their no, principal as much ahead new, of time. Well, it's a new principal, so maybe he hasn't had the chance to really burn Could on be. kids yet. But uh, but it just really shows. I, I think things are worse now than they were 10 years ago in, in government school or 15 years ago. I think that uh, you know these kids are being very heavily indoctrinated. Just reading. Some, go ahead, check it out. Free Keen, uh, the uh, Facebook, Free Keen page on Facebook. You can read all their comments. They're all public, and they're all very obedient. All of the statements are very obedient. The fact that you didn't go, they're very upset with the fact that we didn't go through the process because we could have gone to the school board and presented to them the documents that we wanted to hand out to the the young people, and then they just would give us permission. All we had to do was ask permission, and we would have been given permission according to the students. Sure. Right. Exactly. Uh, 855-450-FREE. They may be, I don't know if they're indoctrinated, but they're certainly foolish if they think the school board was just going to dish out permission. They don't understand. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. And here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. So we've been talking about some uh, deathbed regrets. We'll continue that discussion. We kind of got sidetracked into a discussion about government indoctrination, which, of course, is always an important uh, subject to discuss. I also want to tell you about where you can get some interesting liberty news online. Right. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for the free daily dispatch. It's freedomsphoenix.com. All right. So we were talking about government indoctrination, and Julia, you had said that – you know, government screws a lot of things up, but this one they've done a good job. Not good at like educating kids, but good at creating obedience, right? Creating kind of little drone right. surfs. Well, that, I mean, it's taken them a while. This has been years decades, and years, decades in the years. making, yeah. right? But but I think that as time goes on, the kids are coming out more and more and more indoctrinated. I think so. 
uh, for me, it's it's pretty obvious when I see um, commentary on like Ron Paul. I see a lot on Facebook now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you know just because you don't like Ron Paul means whatever. But when I see people talking about these issues. They're so clueless. I actually saw a, a direct quote from someone said that liberty and freedom is just propaganda and that liberty means different things to different people. I believe that. What? That liberty, no, that, means, that liberty means different things right, to different people. Right, but he said that the concepts of freedom and liberty are just propaganda. Hmm. Well, I think liberty has a definition it, for sure. It does. Words do have meanings. <laughs> right. True. I mean, but I just see Some people things. want the, the liberty to steal from their yeah. fellow man in order to get what they want. That would be the freedom, I believe, to steal from their fellow man. Well, they, well that's just propaganda. <laughs> but the point is that I see this all the time, and when I see it, I just think, wow, like, this is what kids are coming out mm. of school like. And, um... I find it disturbing. It's really disturbing to me, especially being in the so-called live free or die state to see young people in New Hampshire so just sadly obedient. I mean, it's just I can't imagine. Maybe it's just because I didn't run in the obedient kids circles I, when I was in high school. I was very anti-authoritarian, so it doesn't make sense to me as a young person. I was always right. very rebellious. But right in this case, if you go to the if you go to the uh, go to Facebook, go to the Free Keen page on Facebook, you'll see all these comments. It's been going on for like two weeks now, uh, and you'll see it's several young people. I mean, maybe fifteen to twenty of them over over time. There's one guy who is not in high school. He's like in his 20s and can barely put sentences together. Uh, but, you know, he b- seems to believe himself to be it's an one intellectual. One in every crowd. Right? <laughs> he seems to believe himself to be very intellectual. And so a lot of them, you know, they believe they're getting a great education and that, uh, you know, that they love their principle. They use terms like our principle and things like that, this kind of collective uh, terms. And it's just it's just creepy reading it. And, you know, you can you can make all the points you want to to them. But who are you? You're not an educator. You're not a, a teacher. So why should you be listened to? Well, I, that's one other thing that really bothers me is it, it seems like a lot of these kids and college age students that feel this way. They're very um, they think that they are intellectuals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they have. They have figured it out, and they are the well, wisest yeah. in society, and that <laughs> bothers me the most. Well, you know what the I mean? old, what's the old saying? Uh, quick teenagers, move out now. Get a job and take care of yourself while you still, well, you know, still everything. know everything. Yeah. <laughs> they can't do that, though. They're not... No. Most of them are not capable. Well, I don't, think, I don't think the world really lets you make any money till you turn 40 anyway, so... Right. So, you know, it was uh, disrespectful, according to them, to go and just hand out peace, peacefully and quietly hand out information. Uh, it wasn't, it, the, you know, the principal doesn't deserve any blame for threatening us. Uh, it's never a threat when the police are, are involved. I mean, it's just it's just so much. I, I can't even go through for you the just the dripping obedience that came from the these young people's quotes. See them for yourself if you want. The Free Keen Facebook page. We'll continue here with the list of deathbed regrets. Uh, we're still at number two, which is I wish I didn't work so hard. And the author here from, let's see, was it the Dollar Vigilante? The author here says the best way to not work so hard and have the ability to spend more time with your loved ones is to live outside of the system. 
In our letter, we often talk about ways to build your business outside the Western world where the opportunities are usually far greater. Regulation is non-existent and taxes are much lower and sometimes zero. In past issues of TDV, we've shown you how to become a hotelier in Mexico without having to put any money down. And in last month's issue, we showed you how you could become a private banker in Cambodia <laughs> and garner interest income from 36% to 120%. The dollar vigilante is a, is a, uh, you know, it's an interesting Is blog. it an expat thing? Yeah. Sounds like Absolutely. it is. Uh, there's also reasons not to leave the country as well. We talked about another article from, was it the, uh, I think it was the Health Ranger or something like that. I think, yeah, I think it was the Health Ranger who wrote about his experience in traveling the world and living in other countries and said, hey, this whole expatriating thing isn't quite what it's cracked up to be. Things, really? What was that? What you was, weren't here for that, that? I guess I was not. Uh, well, check. I think it check it. I think it was the Health Ranger. Check it out. Uh, it was worth a, it. Was worth a look. But basically, you know, he spent you just a lot promoted. Of, you should be able yeah, to talk about. He it. spent a lot of years in uh, in other countries, and essentially, you know, if you are the gringo, uh, then you're a target. Basically, you know, you go to these other places, you're the you know the the obvious American. Essentially, uh, you become the target not just for common criminals, but also the government people hmm. there as well. Uh, that's one point, and that's a it's a lengthy piece. But, I bet it's a reasonable point. I mean, I would I would think that uh, to some extent you would draw attention. Yeah, exactly. Whereas here you can be more anonymous in in general and and blend in. Uh, so there's that. I think the best uh, the best factor is to get together with other like minded, liberty oriented people and then set yourselves free. Uh, but obviously that's a that's a long term project and we're working on it here. You can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about that. But his point his point is solid here. He says when you don't have the massive crush of taxes and regulation, it's amazing how quickly you can build wealth. Which of course again. You know, being an entrepreneur is a good way to do these things. But if you're an entrepreneur inside the system, the system's designed to crush that. You know, start your own radio station. Great. That's hundreds of thousands of dollars, regulations, engineering studies, mandates by the FCC, etc. If you can even get them to approve a construction permit for you in the first place. Uh, you know, obviously I'm into radio, so that's something I thought about doing as a kid and was quickly disabused of that notion. Whereas if you were to just put a radio station on the air, it would only cost you a few thousand bucks at most. Sure. So going on, number three. These are, again, the top five deathbed regrets. And maybe you want to share with us some of the lessons you've learned, uh, maybe for some, from some of the, uh, the older folks in this country. What is it that, that you know, they've imparted? What wisdom have they imparted upon you? Uh, number three. I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. She, this is, the again, the palliative care nurse that originally wrote this piece. She, she states that when you change the way you're speaking, the, excuse me, when you change the way you are by speaking honestly, in the end, it raises the relationship to a whole new and healthier level. Either that or it releases the unhealthy relationship from your life. Either way, you win. And the dollar vigilante says, we can't agree more. You can call us what you want, but you can't accuse us of not expressing our opinions, no matter how unpopular they are with the masses. And this one ties right back into, I think, number one. It's almost another rephrasing of it. You know, I wish I had the courage to live life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. Kind of the same thing as I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. If you're if you're holding back what you really think because of what other people are going to think about what you think, then again, you're molding yourself to their expectations. And I think Harry Brown's silver rule is important to impart at this point. And the silver rule is that if you are true to yourself and you be yourself openly, then you're going to attract the people that appreciate you. Whereas if you're living your life for someone else's standards or to someone else's expectations, 
then you're going to attract the wrong people to you. You're going to attract the people that are looking for someone living that particular set of circumstances. Mm. But that's not you. That's true. So you should be true to yourself. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And if you have something you want to communicate to someone, they're saying it's better to put it out there. These people on their deathbed. This was a number three deathbed regret that they didn't express themselves more and how they feel to their friends or family members or coworkers. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number 855-453. Single CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Those call-in lines brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. They do collections, early out billing. They purchase charged-off receivables. They know that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call so that you go back and check it later. And they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. has been for a very long time. Say call CAI. All right. We are on the top five deathbed regrets. like to do a top five, top ten list every now and then. haven't done one in a while. If they're good. Yeah, yeah. if they're good. If they're useful. Information that you can actually utilize. Because it's not all about issues on this program uh, or news or anything like that. Sometimes it's about things that can be uh, of use. Number four. Uh, just, by the way, quick recap. Uh, number one, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Two, wish I didn't work so hard. Three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. The story is from The Dollar Vigilante, syndicated to LewRockwell.com. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. This is a common refrain we hear from those who are tentative about expatriation. However, as someone who's been a global citizen for nearly 10 years, I can offer some interesting perspective on the issue. Your circle of friends can and should be constantly evolving. For example, I deleted most of my friends from Facebook when they announced their participation in various forms of statism, such as voting or wearing their country's flag. I replaced many of my old friends whose beliefs had grown out of touch with my own. I now had a whole world of new friends who challenged me in a positive way. My new circle of friends adds value to my life rather than being a constant drain on my emotions. That makes sense. I understand what they're saying, but like, I'm not going to delete my mom from my Facebook because <laughs> she doesn't agree with me politically, and I wouldn't say that she's a drain on me emotionally. I tend to agree with that. But if you feel as though she's a drain, then cut her loose. I mean, you did that with your dad. Yes. Right. So, you know, take each person uh, bit by bit. But I agree. Just but I think the Facebook example is a bad example. And I don't think that only having friends who have the same political beliefs as you, you know what I mean? There are different people who add different things to my life that I feel belong just because we don't necessarily see oh, eye to eye. On it. I, I think that's a little harsh. Seems harsh. Yeah. Yeah. I want to have a wider variety of people that I'm associated with because I want those people to come closer to the ideals of, of liberty. And if you cut yourself off from communicating with them, how's that ever going to happen? I just like people for who they are. So 
So, uh, going on here, thanks to the internet, your friends are as close as you want them to be no matter where you are. This point was driven home just a little while ago. I had been away from one of my good Canadian friends for more than a year, but we had talked every few days via Skype and email. By happenstance, I had a four-hour stopover in his city while on my way to Asia. Looking at my watch and seeing that I had just enough time, I decided to run to one of my favorite sushi restaurants, and since I was there for such a short period, I didn't even bother calling him. As chance would have it, as I walked into the restaurant, I saw him. We both said hi nonchalantly and kept walking for a few seconds before we both turned around and realized that we hadn't actually physically seen each other in more than a year. That's how close we felt just via the internet. Sometimes you can live in the same town as your friends and never see them. And sometimes you can be halfway around the world and see them via the internet every day. Location is not as important as it used to be. That's a pretty close friend that uh, you would, uh, you know, the, the, the situation he's talking about there that should be, you know, wouldn't even think we haven't seen each other physically in such a long time. I mean, it's a close friend that you're talking to on the internet on a Every few days. I uh, recently, there was a girl who I was friends with when I lived in Idaho, which was over 15 years ago. (coughs) Excuse me. And as it turns out, her family was born and raised here in Keene, New Hampshire. Hmm. So she found me on Facebook one day and said, ha ha, I was born and raised in Keene, New Hampshire. You live there. That's funny. And how long had it been since you'd heard from her? Then? Probably. That was when I moved here. So that was five years ago. Okay. So 10 years. Mm-hmm. But I, we don't talk. You know, she, I would, she's on my Facebook, I think. But I, I'm not really that active on Facebook. Right. And, I've still got a bunch of my friends from high right. school on Facebook. And Well, she came Sarasota. here to visit for Christmas. And we agreed that we would get together. And I was dreading it because... Really? Well... You know, when you haven't seen someone in 15 years, you could be totally not alike. It could just be awkward. I know. I've changed a lot in 15 years. Well, we were had so much in common. And I thought, well, I'll go. We met at a coffee shop. We mm-hmm. stayed there till it closed, sat there wow. for five hours mm-hmm. and talked. And when we left, we both felt like, you know, man, I'm so sad you don't live here because we would be best friends. Aww. And um, she actually surprised me the other day. She mailed me a package in the mail and it had this really long letter about how she was glad that we had reconnected. And she gave me a little gift, and it was like just the most touching thing oh, ever. That was very unexpected. So well, and it was because of, did she find you on Facebook? Is that how she? Ran uh, yeah, you? she found me on Facebook. But you know, I saw there was somebody I was talking with recently who found his son. Like you know, he lost his son years ago, and uh, or like it was an adoption thing or something like. I don't wow. remember the details, but you know, it used to be that you had to hire like a private investigator to be able to find your whole family members and the, these sorts of situations, especially with adoptions, uh, and. And then, you know, he just typed the guy's name, I guess, into Facebook, and there he was. And that uh, that got him back together. Different adoptions are, are different. I, mean, yeah. I wouldn't be able to type my birth parents in at all. I don't know how he got the information, sure. but the point being, Facebook uh, is bringing people together that otherwise never would have. Which is funny, because I actually... In there are things I really dislike about Facebook, and I often think about getting rid of it. Mm, yeah. Because it really sucks your time up. You That's know, I, my fault, I hate, I understand it's my fault, but some days I'm like, you know, I didn't do anything today except for sit on Facebook. What a waste of life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think I'd be so much better off without it. I know how you But feel. at the same time, I'd feel so disconnected. Yeah. Oh, it's a struggle, isn't it? It's, it's tough. one of those things. Number five. Uh, number five. I wish that I had let myself be happier. These are the five deathbed regrets. Top five. I wish that I'd let myself be happier. The writer states, fear of change had them pretending to others and to themselves that they were content. When deep within, they longed to laugh properly and have silliness in their life again. 
Nothing can get you into more open, relaxed, and outgoing mode than living in a foreign culture. By living, I can see he's really pitching this hard. This uh, this whole live outside well, the country. Yeah, thing. the uh, dollar vigilante <laughs> and uh, Simon Black, the international man. The, uh, both of these uh, you know, these blogs are really based on get out of the United States. The United States is turning into a police state, and uh, you know that these other places are 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 more free. And the premise is interesting. It's that the other governments are less efficient, therefore you can kind of live between the lines, whereas mm. in the United States, you have um, – although it is a more free system, it is enforced, whereas in these other countries, it's less free, but it's less likely to be enforced. So I do like what uh, the original writer said, because again, this is a second writer who's riffing off the original writer. Sure. Uh, I do like what she says where you know it's this fear of change, them pretending to others – that they were content, and then they just weren't having enough fun. They weren't allowing themselves to be silly, etc. He says, uh, once I was told by an emergency room nurse that you can tell how someone lived by how they die. She told me that those who did not live out their dreams would cry in agony at their lost chance, and those who lived out their dreams passed on in deep peace. No matter what your station in life, try to avoid these regrets. Unless Buddhists are correct, we only live once. Don't waste your chance. So there you go. I suppose they might be correct. Well, I wouldn't take be. my chances, though. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's the Sacle CAI toll-free That line. it's natural for older people to have regrets. I, I mean, like, recently my grandpa died, mm-hmm. and um, I was going to visit my grandma a lot, and she was so filled with regrets for things that she hadn't done and stuff. Mm. I, I don't know. I, do you think that that's... I feel like that's pretty natural, I mean, maybe most people don't live as they would like to, but... I really, you know, I think I think having regrets is kind of a waste of uh, of, of mental uh, mental power, if you, you know, if you think about it. Like, if you're spending all your time looking back and regretting the mistakes you made, it doesn't do any good. You know, that doesn't affect, uh, you know, if you're, if you're reflecting on the past in that way constantly, then you're missing your opportunities now, right? So it makes more sense to be here now, and if you regret something in the past, then change your behavior now to be a different person into the future. Yeah, it, well, this this entire list was basically a statement of be true to yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I understand where they're coming from, but there's a lot of reasons people aren't true to themselves. They're That's trying true. to do the politicking of, uh, you know, life on Earth. And in some ways, you do have to be concerned for what other people think. You've got to be concerned but... with today and making the ends meet. And you never know if you just told your uh, your boss, you know, you're kind of a fat jerk. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm expressing my highest truth at this moment, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm trying to get across to you something you could learn from, and like you need to brush your teeth, be nice to people, and lose some weight. Like you know, that's not going to be really great for the career. You could sure. be a, it could be a job you love, except for the fat jerk with bad breath. And if you just express it to him, you know, you won't have that regret on the deathbed. But, you know, I mean, there's there are problems with being that guy who has, uh, you know, who was born without the gene uh, that uh, allows one to control what one says. You know, that guy. Sure. Well, you know, the what you're referring to is the one where I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. No, no, all, uh, in I, general. Right. But it but, you know, it's mom also said, don't say something. If you can't say something nice, don't say something at all. So maybe it's the other like positive feelings that we're talking about. Hour three is up next. You could. 
Americans are losing their wealth. People are rioting in the streets. For years, the American people have ignored the assaults on our liberty. The book in plain sight, The Disregarded Truth, not only reveals the truth and the deceptive tactics that have caused the decline of our liberty, but also identifies and explains how we, the American people, can restart what was once a free America. It's time to wake up, protect our liberty, and return the government back to its proper role. It's time to know the truth. Order in plain sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. Live, we are launching the third hour of the program. Dial in toll free and bring up anything you want. 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And joining you here tonight, it's Ian and Julia and Mark. 1 855 450 free. You can take control. We call it Free Talk Live because you're free to call in, talk about whatever you want, and the show's live seven nights per week. So you can also, of course, join us over at freetalklive.com where you'll be able to get interactive. You can enjoy the whole website. It's all free. And you can actually control the content there. Submit different things to it. Other listeners vote on them. The most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the site. Over at freetalklive.com, we've been on everything from Amish farmers being shut down by the FDA to uh, the top five deathbed regrets. And, of course, we'll talk about whatever you want, 855-450-FREE. Mark, you wanted to share something with us. We had discussed entrepreneurship earlier and how it is that if you're an entrepreneur within the system, it makes it very, very difficult for you because the rules are basically stacked against you. Uh, And that's if you ever even think about being an entrepreneur because in the government indoctrination system, they knock that right out of you. Uh, They basically are training you to be an employee. They're training you to be essentially a drone, a worker drone. But if you do get it in your head that you would like to start your own business, maybe you have a dream. Some people still have them. uh, And you want to start your own, say, ice cream shop. Yeah, I can imagine a lot of people have the uh, dream of uh, starting an ice cream shop. And it can't be that hard. I mean, you buy some ice cream, you get some scoops, uh, some cones, some toppings, you get a you know cash register, uh, let's see, find you gotta a location. Have, you got to have some shtick, you know, like your, your ice cream shop needs to be kind of fun. Fun's good. Uh, and also having an original ice cream, you know, like our, our ice cream special because it's made on site or it's made locally or, you know, some kind of uh, gimmick like that. Our cows can yodel, whatever it is. Special flavors, flavor of the week, flavor of the month, those sorts of things. Uh, so but these are the basic ingredients of an ice cream store. Sure. So it didn't seem like that hard, right? You just find a location, you open up, you put the ice cream there, you put those, you hire some teenagers to serve it at the dirt cheap rates, and you, you, know, you, pr- you promote it, right? There you go. You've got your ice cream business. It's that simple. A thousandnations.com, the horrors of getting approval for an ice cream parlor. Oh, approval. Oh, that's right. This is America, the land of the free, where you have to ask permission first. In San Francisco. Hmm. By Mike Gibson, the tragedy of the anti-commons is a useful concept for understanding a prevalent type of government failure in both rich and poor countries. Excessive permit and licensing requirements. A pervasive multiple licensing system can create impenetrable conjunctive permission line that even the most energetic cannot overcome Mm. to start a business to build to hire to sell you need first to convince bureaucrat a and b and c and d and so on the longer the conjunctive line the less frequently entrepreneurs enter the market with new products and services the transaction costs for dealing with each bureaucrat are very high and as is the likelihood that any single one We'll say no. Yep. 
And, and this is really the default for bureaucrats. I mean, no, honestly, no. You know, can I do it? No. Which is why I didn't ask permission to hand out information at the local high school because <laughs> right. I know what happens when you ask permission. I mean, <laughs> come not on. Only does, not only do they say no, but or they'll put you through some crazy bureaucratic process that takes months and months and months, and then they'll say no. Sure. Uh, or, you know, then the others, there's the principle of the matter, which really is the ultimate reason for me to not ask permission, because when you're asking permission, it's no longer a right. If you have the right to liberty, if you have the right to pursue happiness, then this should be your right to open up an ice cream store, to open up whatever store you want to, as long as you can find a place to rent or find a place to buy to, to operate it or run it from your own kitchen. I mean, you should – this is what rights are about, that you aren't hurting anybody else's so shoe. You should be able to do it. That may be true, but what they're pointing out here is that, um, you know, that – a, I think that this is important for people to, to, to realize. When you suggest that the next person get a license or some kind of permission slip or whatever to do whatever it is that they do, understand what you're doing. Because in the government system, bureaucrats are incentivized to say no. If they say yes and something goes wrong, then they're liable to be held in some way or another uh, responsible. Not responsible, but just blamed, I guess, is probably the, 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 the biggest thing. And governments hate blame. So it's better to them that it just not happen. I mean, what? how does it harm the bureaucrat if an ice cream parlor doesn't open up in San Francisco, doesn't bother them. They can go get their ice cream in another ice cream parlor. What does the TSA I don't agent... think bureaucrats even eat ice cream. <laughs> you just think they're that inhumane? Yeah. I, don't I don't know, know if I go that far. I, I'm, I'm pretty kidding. Sure. I know, I know. <laughs> the, uh, but, I mean, what, it can it, feel like that sometimes. What's so. it matter to the TSA agent if you don't get on your plane? They're still getting funded. It doesn't matter to them. They're not going to get in any kind of trouble. So here we go. The upshot is an impoverished society. To take one example in that um, any single example, excuse me, to take one example in medieval times, barons who owned parcels of land along the Rhine River collected tolls from each ship that passed by. As a result, few ships sailed by down the Rhine. There go all your products and services. That's right. And so people just, just said, well, it's not worth shipping whatever it is down the Rhine, so we'll just keep it here. Right, in the same way that uh, the ice cream entrepreneurs are going to say, screw this, we're not going to open up here in San Francisco or wherever, because San Francisco isn't that different from the rest of the country. Well, or they'll, the, the, you know, the person that would otherwise be an ice cream entrepreneur will just continue working at whatever big company that they're working at, mm-hmm. and then you stifle innovation. Yep. You stifle small business, and small business is the lifeblood of this country. No doubt. Uh, but why go to medieval Germany for post-com- or post-communist Russia when... We have here the great example from my hometown, San Francisco. Uh, this is a quote now. The ice cream par- bar opened January 21st in the Coal Valley neighborhood, an homage to the classic parlors of the 1930s, complete with vintage soda fountain and uh, lunch counter seating. It's become an immediate sensation, packed with both families and the foodie crowd, savoring upscale house-made ice creams and exotic sodas. Flavorings include pink peppercorn and tobacco. The uh, shop also employs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sounds gross. That's what I thought too. But you know, whatever. The shop also employs fourteen full and part-time workers. It's a pretty busy ice cream shop. Okay, but getting it open wasn't easy. Many times it almost didn't happen. Said Juliet Piers, the owner, with a cheerful laugh. I mean, she's able to laugh it off now because she's, you know, she's got a she successful it. business. But, I mean, yeah. can you imagine how she was a couple of years ago when she was just trying to get this done? Stressed, frustrated. Piers said it took two 
years just to open to open the restaurant. Wait a second, I'm not done. Hold on. It should take two weeks. Due largely to the city's morass of permits, procedures, and approvals required to start a small business. While waiting for permission to operate, she still had to pay rent and other costs going deeper into debt each passing month without knowing for sure if she'd even be allowed to open. Wow. This, ladies and gentlemen, is how you kill business. Just sit this is out how you limbo. kill innovation. This is how you kill a society. Right. Just make this person who's put all this money in just sit in limbo waiting for some bureaucrat to give them their permission slip. They've already installed all the equipment. They're ready to go. The place is ready to open. And then you just have to sit and wait and just hold your breath. Hope that you've greased the right palms. It's nuts. It's just a huge risk, she said, noting that the uh, financing came from family and friends, not a bank. Well, as though it's not risky enough. As though opening a business on its own, being an entrepreneur, isn't a risky proposition on its own. It sure as hell is. You're Like you said, you've got your friends, family, your money, your, your personal savings. It's on the line. And it would be on the line and risky just if you were able to just open a business. Like if you were just able to go find a place, put the equipment in and open up, yep. you'd still be taking a pretty big risk. You're still into a, you know, a commercial lease. You know, you're still competing with the existing uh, ice cream stores that – they're, they're, they've been there for a long time. It's hard to take their business away. Right. So that's risky on its own. Oh, but now the, you've got the bureaucrats providing an extra level of risk that's just completely, un, you know, you don't even know what's going to happen. So, and it also the chains. I mean, you know, Baskin Robbins or uh, Dairy Queen or whatever, they've got other stores that are open. So they can afford to finance a store that takes two years to get open. Sure. They can afford to wait. But when you're getting financing from family and friends and you're paying rent on a location, in the hopes of getting open, she says at several points you wonder if you should just walk away and take the loss. Mm. Ms. Pierce uh. said that she had to endure months of runaround and, and to pay a lawyer to determine whether her location, a former grocery store vacant for years, was eligible to become a restaurant. There were permit fees <laughs> of that's tw- amusing to me $20,000. I always wonder, like, when I see these empty buildings for a long time, you know, there's a bank out in front of my work that obviously was a bank and is just empty. And I think, is anyone going to ever do anything with this? It's hideous. It's just an abandoned building. It's all, there are a lot of them like that yeah. around here, a lot of abandoned uh, properties. And when you look at the property tax rate alone, let alone all the rest of the bureaucracy and the licensing and everything, it just. I don't understand how anyone can do business. More coming up, and this is in San Francisco. Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Talk Live, the toll-free number, 855-453. SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in, bring up whatever you want. Tonight, it's Ian here. And Julia. And Mark. And don't forget, join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of stuff there, including archives going all the way back to late 2006. Uh, So head over, download as much as you would like. 
freetalklive.com. It's all for free. If you've ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys just cost too much, jurisdictionary.com is a course for you. If you, uh, you know, got a speeding ticket or you're having to deal with the, the government in some way, shape or form, you know, take them to court. Jurisdictionary.com makes it easy for you to understand the court's rules. Until you know the court's rules, you're fighting in the dark. Um, you know, you need to know how to get evidence, move the court, uh, you know, do all the things the way they expect you to do them in the time frame they expect you to do them in. And if not, yeah, they're just going to roll right over you. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. Costs less than an hour with any good attorney and the four CD courses so easy the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. Visit Jurisdictionary.com. They've got all kinds of free tools there for you. Um, the free weekly tips and tactics newsletters, uh, the free legal dictionary, the free legal flowchart, free videos. When you buy the course, Jurisdictionary.com, remember to use the pull-down menu to check out and let them know um, that you heard it from Free Talk Live. It's Jurisdictionary.com. By the way, you can get instant access online. Of course, they'll send you the four-CD package, but you, know, you can get instant access online. It's Jurisdictionary.com. We're sharing with you a piece, Mark. Where's the, the source on this again? Let me take a look here. It is a thousandnations.com. It's about a lady and her experience opening an ice cream shop in San Francisco. Now, don't don't think for a moment, oh, well, that's just San Francisco's where all those hippies are. No, 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 no. It's like this everywhere. Now, some places are different. They have well, different some, regulations. Some are worse or better or worse. Right, different uh, regulations versus others. But in almost every place in America, you're going to come across some set of bureaucrats that wants to tell you whether or not you can have permission to make a better life for yourself and to offer a product or service to other human beings. Right. I mean, there's some rule in my town when uh, I built my house that I think you can't be 50 feet from your line or 50 feet from some kind of uh, water source or something like that. I'm not exactly mm. sure. Wetlands. And, you know, I knew that was true. But they needed to have a site plan, which is a piece of paper that you can pay between three and $5,000 for. Whoa, from like an engineer? From, yeah, some kind of company that says that this is where we're putting it and this, you know, they, mm. they needed to see this piece of paper. So, you know, I couldn't just say, okay, thanks, I won't build it that, that close to right. the, the line. I have to, you know, I have to prove it in this way, shape, or form. And hire the, you know, state-approved It took company. months to get approved. It cost thousands of dollars uh, for the approval, uh, you know, in total, all the things that went into it. This is just to build a home. And this yourself. is just to build a home in a, in a you know, a country community, you know? I mean, A very small is, town. Yeah, a, a small town where the rules are not that arduous in comparison to some places like uh, Keene, for instance, where it's even worse. And New Hampshire, in comparison to some other places, probably not as bad as other places. But again, these rules exist everywhere. And there's always some bureaucrat, some other human being who we're supposed to have the same rights as them telling you whether or not you can uh, you can do what you want. And this is essentially a way to keep poor people from moving into your community. Because it's a way to keep poor people poor. I mean, they're already in your community, and it's a well, way to keep them from creating wealth for themselves. But if they want to build their own little house in their own little piece of property, right? Good the luck. Overhead is just too difficult. I mean, the the house that I had was a thirty thousand dollar kit. Mm. I mean, just about anybody can afford a thirty thousand dollar kit. But all the things that go into it—that's what costs the money. Um, you know, the overhead and, and all these things. I mean, the, the fees. and You it. spent a lot on the basement and the road up, didn't you? There was, uh, you know, the, certainly you could. But 
you know, a poor person may not have spent the money on the basement and the road up uh, the way we did. Yeah. You could just as easily have built this house and set it on some rocks like they used to do in the old days. I mean, my uh, my shed is essentially a post and beam <laughs> shed, and it is set on rocks um, as a foundation as opposed to building a uh, basement or something like that. But they don't want you to do that. So. It would be easy. You could build this. You could build yourself a structure to live in for probably fifteen thousand dollars if that's what you wanted to do. But they make it impossible for that to happen. So tell me more about this lady's story. She opens up a an ice cream place. She said it took her two years just to get through the regulations, just right. through the bureaucracy. She and, had to sit there and pay rent this whole time yeah. while she waited for these government bureaucrats to decide whether or not to anoint her. Bureaucracy, I mean, right? And whether or not she could move her uh, ice cream shop into a vacant grocery store, uh, she had to hire a lawyer to figure that out. Right? It, it had been it had been vacant for years, but oh well, we got to decide whether or not she can move in there. Oh right. no! Well, what are we going to do? I would love we... to know what the decision process is like for that. Like, if the three of us right now need to decide whether it's okay for an ice cream shop to go into an old grocery store, how long does that take? Yes. Sounds great. I love ice cream. We're going to need a study. Uh, We don't don't work for the government. And the government's always about cover your butt and don't let anything get done. But there's no reason for them to cover their butts. There's no liability on their part. It's just the, the about newspaper, bureaucracy. But the and newspaper forcing, will take them to task on this, that, or the other it's thing. It's about obedience is what it's about. It's about extracting wealth from business, you know, from entrepreneurs. And it's about funneling wealth into their buddies' hands. So like the guys that you had to hire to do the survey at your mm-hmm. house, well, they're connected to the state. They know they're getting all that business from them, so they support sure. those regulations. I hear that Caterpillar was uh, behind most of the, um, the, 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 the drain field legislation in most states. We, we'll talk more about the ice cream is there more about her yeah, story? We'll talk more about it in a moment. Reggie's on the line listening in Brooklyn. You're on Free Talk Live. Reggie with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, not too much. Um, I had just been listening to the, uh, the conversation, and uh, I, um, I run a, uh, an unlicensed business in New York City. Um, Excellent. And, and what, uh, what sort of business? I'd really rather not give too many specifics. That's is it okay. pot delivery? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Absolutely not. I mean, it is... Uh, we, we, what we, the, the service that we perform is absolutely 100% legal. We are just not licensed through any bureaucratic agency. Interesting. Uh, city or state or anything like that. So you can't even heat a hint, uh, you know, beat around the bush at what, what industry Why do you is? want to keep on squeezing I, this out of this guy? I think it's... it's, it's fun. <laughs> For God's sakes, you want to ruin his living? How Shut up. Gonna, let him tell his story. How is it going to ruin... Reggie, tell his... your story. Shut up, Ian. For God's sakes. I would, I, as you can imagine, that you know, it is my livelihood, and, and I, I imagine that the, uh, the likelihood of Anybody who cares hearing about this is very low, but I'd prefer to keep that, uh, you know. Man, I mean, just so that chance. Uh, I don't you know, look, man. I don't blame you. I, you know, I get it. They're scary. They're going to hurt you if they find out about it. But not, you can't even say what industry. It's amazing. For God's sakes, why don't you just call it's him a, a chicken? It's a, it's a, Hey Ian, just because this is your, you'll this call will be gone in five minutes, but it could cost this guy his livelihood. Shut the f up! It's oh, disgusting. get out of my face! Disgusting! Get out of my uh, face! Please, just asking somebody please. what industry they're in, Mark. Over Give me and a over break. again. I wanted to hear his story. That's what I want to hear. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fair question, but I, I will decline respectfully. Don't mind. Um, it, I, uh, it, it's something that I started up. It was very. Um, Years ago, I started just very uh, small scale. I bought uh, what very limited equipment I needed with a very small loan from my mother. I uh, I started doing what I do, advertising on Craigslist. Uh, the response was very 
very positive because I, I was I've just been very attentive and I got quite good at what I was doing quite quickly. Because all right, hold that thought. We'll, we'll come back to yet. you here in a moment. You can tell us the rest of your story. I mean, it's you know, it, it'd be useful to be able to say I'm manufacturing a product. I mean, that doesn't give anything away. For all I know, he's you know providing sexual. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at WeUseCoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at AU.SpendBitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there. We give them to you. Uh, and I didn't ask anyone's permission to start uh, Free Talk Live, thank goodness. I specifically attempted to avoid businesses in which uh, I had to ask permission to do business. Uh, that's what we're talking about right now is entrepreneurship and how it is the state crushes people who want to start their own businesses, just destroys the uh, desire and sends them packing back to a job where, of course, they'll never be as satisfied, in my opinion, with their lives because you're ultimately working for someone else at a job instead of yourself. Now, I disagree with that statement because I think some people really like I think some people would rather work for somebody than I think that's do true. Their own thing. I think some people are sort of trained into the idea that it's you know safety is is very useful and that risk taking is bad and those sorts of people that want to feel safe and don't want to take risks would be this, the types of people that just want to work a job for for their whole lives because they feel like they can count on that paycheck to come in when of course anyone who's ever been fired knows that you can't so uh, there's always risk involved. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number here. Of course, you can join us over at freetalklive.com, and you can access various features there all for free. The mobile site, for those of you with a smartphone, M as in mobile, .freetalklive.com. That's m.freetalklive.com for quick access to our live streams and podcasts. Bitcoins are the world's first anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service to abide by. Anyone can download the free Bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes. With Bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world without fees and without needing permission from any bank or government. To learn how, visit weusecoins.org. It's weusecoins.org. And now, thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash in any major bank. To buy your Bitcoins with cash, visit bitinstant.com. All right, so we're talking with uh, Reggie on the line in Brooklyn. And I I hope Reggie didn't call in with his real name and real location. uh, Because if what you're doing is illegal, as uh, Reggie is saying here, whatever it is that he's doing is legal in general, but it's not legal because he didn't ask permission from the government first to do it. So he's making some sort of product or providing a service that would otherwise be legal, but it is illegal because of the way he's going about it. And uh, you guys were taking me to task during the break for asking him questions about what in what industry in which... 
he was doing this. And I was just looking for a very general answer. And it sounds like it sounds to me like you're manufacturing something, uh, Reggie. But you know, I still am not even clear on that. Uh, and I would like to suggest to anyone that wants to call in and kind of tell their underground story to make sure to be anonymous when you call in and don't tell us really where you're calling from. Because if if you know your physical location is important to you being caught, uh, it would be better for that information to not get out. So anyway, go ahead with what you were telling us. It's not my real name, but uh, great. Uh, but in any case, are you I, really in Brooklyn? I am. Okay, yeah, that was a mistake. Um, anyway, go ahead. Well, it's well, a big populated uh, area. Um, and I, exactly, yeah. Uh, good luck finding it. But uh, in, uh, I'd be happy to share whatever information with you or your producer off the air if you guys want to check into it, whatever. But um, in any case, uh, I we started this uh, this operation about five years ago, and as I, and I, I must reiterate, it's absolutely one hundred percent illegal endeavor. Minus the uh, you know we're not licensed, which makes it as you said illegal. So, uh, so, so you said we. Like so you have uh, partners. Uh, I have a partner, and uh, I employ up to uh, forty-five to fifty people. During Whoa, the- that's pretty serious. That is serious business. Good job, Reggie. Thank you very much. Thank you. We do quite well, um, and uh, a lot of that, uh, I, I imagine, has to do. I mean, we're, we operate in a very competitive industry, and we compete with licensed, um, bonded uh, competitors. Uh, who are much larger, have much greater resources. And would love to find out who you Jitney are. Jitney caps. Jitney caps. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm sure they would. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a constant, uh, it's a constant struggle to, you know, uh, you know, stay alive. But the way we do it is we're better than them. We live, we're, we're, we operate on the edge. I mean, like we, you know, it's my, I don't know if I, my butt on the line yeah, out there. Yeah, sure. My butt on the line out there every single day. If something goes wrong, it comes down to me. It doesn't come down to lodging a complaint with this person and then sending it to this other guy and then filing an insurance claim. It's, you know, my company is done. And, you know, if something serious were to happen. And the only way to combat that is by being really good and not letting those terrible things happen and, and working with the right people, hiring the right people, making sure that there's, you know, 100% complete quality control from start to finish. Now, this has to be tricky I mean, if you're dealing with 45 to 50 people that are working in this organization, it's – what if one of them gets mad at you? I mean, they could blow the whole lid off this, couldn't they? Absolutely, if they wanted to. Um, it, it, we don't you, – you kind of – I mean, it's sort of like – it sort of sounds a little bit mafioso, but you kind of have to be brought into it. Like, you know, I've got – you know, we have guys that have been around forever, and they're like family, and, you know, we all trust each other implicitly, and, you know uh, – you know, like I said, it's like a family. And, Escort and service. When we get, when God, we get busy. Sorry? He's just, <laughs> I'm go just ahead. taking just guesses. Keep, I, I've guessed Gitney, uh, Jitney cabs and escort service. Uh, it, it's Don't neither, answer but, his uh, questions, uh, Reggie. Neither, but you're closer with the first. You're closer with the first. Jitney Re- cabs. Reggie, he doesn't care about you. He cares about his radio program. If he can pry this information out of you, I'm it's, just it may having be, fun. It, it, it may be worth somebody hanging on for I'm another five minutes of, and getting another average quarter I, hour point. Reggie is not a weak-minded person, Mark. He can handle himself. He doesn't need you babysitting you don't know for Reggie him. from... Adam. I know Reggie well enough to that he said no to answering my first question. Thank He's God. pretty darn good at handling himself. So, you know, I don't think he needs you to look out for him. He, par- he doesn't need you badgering him either. I haven't badgered you anyone. You little harpy. I'm asking questions. Ah!
you're the one badgering me. I've just been asking questions and just just taking little guesses. I'm just going through some of the classic unlicensed businesses that you'll find in a place like New York City, uh, and jitney cabs are one of them. I mean, they, these are the illegal taxis that run people from place to place. You got, I mean, it's possible you could have 45 or 50, uh, you know, cabbies in a, a major jitney cab sort of operation with two-way radio sure. system or something like that. Anyway, go ahead, sir. Well, let's say that I run a jitney cab organization. Then let's okay. just say that. All right. Um, so, uh, in any case, you know, you have to, uh, when we get busy and when it is a seasonal operation, uh, we get busier during certain months. And when that happens and we need more guys, um, you know, I don't, you know, we have an online presence. I don't, when people find us online and they want work and they call, I, you know, I say, we're not really hiring right now. We often, you know, we only hire people, the people that we know and trust can vouch for, because we know that if something goes wrong and we have to let them go or they get upset about something or another, it's, you know, it's not just, you know, me, some faceless boss guy that they've maybe never met. It's their friend and their other friend that they know through that other guy. There's a network of people that's involved. And, you know, there's a, there's a certain, uh, you know, there's a web of, uh, you know, web a of trust, web a web think. of trust, as it is called. Now, uh, exactly. now, this is interesting because, you know, in the in the past, before the Internet and services, underground services existed, uh, it was obviously a little more, you know, the, you wouldn't have a website for it. Uh, so, like, that makes things even more intriguing because if there's some sort of public front uh, for an underground business, I mean, is this online presence significantly increasing your risk? I would imagine so. Um, you know, it, but it's a risk that uh, you know that I've been uh, that we've been dealing with. I mean, uh, you know, we're trying to. Uh, uh, we're, we're actually where I was going with this is we're trying to legitimize now, which is our, to sort of bring this around to where you're, the woman you were talking about in in San Francisco, mm-hmm. which she's dealing with up front. We're sort of starting to deal with now as we try to incorporate and try to make bring things. You know, what well, what's uh, what is it that's encouraging this? I mean, how long has your operation been going on uh, underground? Five years. Five, five years underground. So is it just that you just feel like you can't grow any larger without going legit? Yeah, that's exactly it. Hmm. And, uh, I mean, you know, and certainly even if we were, I think, the plateau at the level that we're at right now, I think it's only a matter of time before the risk only with the authorities would, uh, you know, we would be not growing and not gaining anything else and only increasing our risk by simply being, by simply existing and operating at that level. Now, obviously, so, if you've been in business for five years and things have been lucrative, you've been you know very successful, you've been providing a good service or product or whatever it is you do, uh, if you've been doing it for several years, then you've got some cash flow, you've got some money coming in, so maybe it'll be easier for you from that perspective to go through whatever hoops there are to become legit. But on the other hand, if you come to these regulators and, you know, they see that you've been doing this for a while. Couldn't they get pretty upset about that? Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's actually sort of a, a catch-22 that we found, found ourselves in. And actually, my partner is handling all the legal stuff. I only sort of get apprised of it, you know, on the back end of things. But what I understand, I'm, you know, obviously having to participate in it. But there is a, a, really, a real sort of catch-22 situation where in order to Well, hold start, that thought, Reggie, if you yeah, can. Sure. I, think, I think it's fascinating. More coming up with Reggie. It's Free Talk Live. Fallen Angel Toys is a tasteful company for adult desires and fetish fantasy. Thousands of items. Vibrators, literature, blindfolds, lubes, and more. Great for bachelorette parties or serious lifestylers. We're a family-owned business with new specials every week. Discreet packaging and shipping and safe, secure checkout through PayPal. Use code FDL at checkout for 25% off your first time. No minimum purchase required. That's FallenAngelToys.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts if you make the call right now. 855-453 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we give to you there. Again, freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian here. And Julia. And Mark. And, by the way, if you want to support this show, you can become an amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you can uh, put three bucks a month into this program. We will invest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. You'll get uh, access to perks, too, like the AMP-only call-in lines, forum, podcast, and more. Get the details, get signed up with any major credit card through PayPal, or use Visa or MasterCard right through our website over at freetalklive.com. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Again, amp.freetalklive.com. Reggie is on the line somewhere in New York City. He's telling us about his business that is, at this time, an unlicensed business. Uh, and it's a fairly large and uh, apparently successful unlicensed business. Still not quite sure what it is that he's up to, but he's got about 45 to 50 people working underneath him, has a partner, uh, has been pretty successful, and is now looking to go legit because expanding past his current point would be would increase risk uh, you know, precipitously, basically, and make it uh, just not worth the extra risk to get the extra business. But you do want to expand. Uh, you know, why, why not just hold at your current level, Reggie? Is it just not enough money? Do you feel like you need more? You just, well, What's the motivation uh, well, for continuing? Well, I mean, the motivation for continuing, I mean, if you, you know, once, you, once you stop growing, you start to die. I mean, you know, it's true with anybody. It's true with a business. I mean, that's a pretty well-accepted you know, um, you know, uh, idea and, you know, in any, I think, uh, you know, business practice. Uh, I don't you know, know if I agree entirely, but I, I get um, the... I know that any, that's, 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 uh, that's what, something I believe anyway. Okay. So, um, but, uh, you so, know, I, I and, and to be honest with you, I wouldn't know how to stop our progress. Got it. But now you're caught between a rock time. and a hard place where on one hand, you know, you either don't grow or if you do want to grow, you're either taking a bunch of risk or you have to go through some sort of governmental process to become legit. But that means them finding out essentially what you've been doing, right? Yeah, well, we uh, I mean, we're we're doing as much as we can to sort of, you know, on the legal end of things where we're starting to um, work things out through a different through a neighboring state. Um, Makes and sense. We have we've you know we've taken on uh, counsel and uh, you know counsel in many <laughs> different areas that are uh, you know that are germane to uh, to what we do, and they're helping us out through this. But it is tricky, and uh, and I have to go through. As I said, you know I don't have too, so many specifics on that because that's my that is my partner's domain. You know mm-hmm. he's the one leading the charge in that. But I have to go to this neighboring state in the next couple of months to take a drug test. So that I can be an employee of the company that I've owned for five years. This is the type of uh, bureaucratic nonsense. What? Uh, the, 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 this is, you know, per uh, the the you know uh, the government agency that regulates what we do. So what happens if Our you don't pass the drug test, test you... including me? Does the bureaucrat take your company if you uh, don't pass the drug test? I mean, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what the uh, you know what the ramifications would be if I failed. So it's a state administered. It's a state administered drug test. No, I mean I have to go to a clinic, and then the the doctors there, I suppose, will you know submit it to their private firm that will test it. But then the results must be sent to the regulatory agency, who presumably will either rubber stamp our you know whatever paperwork or not. Now, do you think that uh, that you know this is 
only something that happens in the state in question, or is this a relatively common thing out there? The uh, well, actually, uh, the the governmental agency in question is a federal. So anywhere, mm-hmm. um, you know, that I, I, I presume would be the case. It's crazy. I, I'm still bewildered as to what this business could be, but it doesn't really matter, I guess. So uh, go ahead and tell me more. Is there anything else you want to share? Um, no, I mean, I, uh, I, I was just, uh, I thought that my experience might be, uh, you know, germane to the, the topic. Well, I think it's instructive, um, certainly. But I, I think it's, you know, I thought you guys, you know, might be interested to see, uh, you know, just how crazy it is. It is you crazy. Know, what, you have, what you have to do, and it's, it's particularly, you know, Kafka-esque for me, like having established this thing and then having to prove to people that I don't know and exist in a different state or, you know, uh, uh, District of Columbia. So you know, for five years... I can do what you, I want to do. Yeah, so for five years, you've not paid taxes on this business either, correct? Uh, not directly, no. Not directly. So you have been paying I mean, taxes? We've, 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 you know, we've had to purchase goods and, and, uh, and other things and, and pay parking tickets and whatnot um, through the company. But, but ultimately, uh, you know, you've never, you know, the, the, none of these employees have ever been, uh, you know, on the, on the tax rolls or, you know, the IRS does not know any of this stuff is going on. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what they know. Is that going to um, take a big chunk out of your, uh, you know, your operating or is it going to add a think? chunk to operating costs now? Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. How do your uh, 50 I mean, to 45 to 50 employees feel about this change? Um, well, it's it's still in its nascent stages right now, so they don't necessarily know about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that um, you know it, it, it's something that's going to come up very soon. We're going to have to all start talking about it, and it's going to be it, you know, cause, to be honest with you, I don't know exactly what what the uh, ramifications are going to be. I know that upset me, man. If I've been working for four to five years with no tax, and then all of a sudden I got to go on the upside of uh, things, on the, you know, the, the legit sure. side. That would be I hope it works out, Reggie. Hey, Reggie, will you, uh, you know, if you get this thing happening, if you flip the switch and go legit, would you then be able to tell us the full story? Absolutely. And as I, I mentioned before, I don't know if you heard, I'd be happy to tell your producer, you guys off the air, whatever. Yeah, I might blab it. it. I've got a big mouth, so it's All probably right, better. Let's, you, let's keep it at that. Yeah, but it's very nice talking to you guys. Thank you so much. Hey, enjoy, uh, you know, good luck with your process. I hope that the bureaucrats let you do this because I would imagine once you put it in front of them, if they kick it back in your face and say no, then they're going to know all about you and they're going to be hunting you down. Well, hey, then, you know, phase two, whatever that is. We'll Move to New out. Hampshire. That's phase two. <laughs> Thanks, Reggie. It might be. It might be. All right, man. I appreciate it. See ya. 855-450-FREE. What brought us to this was an article I'm reading here from AThousandNations.com about this woman and talking about her Kafka-esque uh, Byzantine trials trying to get a just an ice cream store opened up in a vacant in a late location that had been vacant for years mm. and the you know the costs inherent in that the two years that uh, it took to get permission they had to rent the space for that period of time family uh, loaned them the money it says the here, current regulations are probably an insult to uh, Byzantine. Or to the, the yeah, Byzantine right. Empire or whatever. It's probably a lot easier back then. Indeed. It says Ms. Priest said that she had to endure months of runaround and pay a lawyer to determine whether her location, a former grocery, vacant for years, was eligible to become a restaurant. They There were permit fees of $20,000. Oh, my goodness. That's $20,000 in I'm, permit fees. I'm out of the game already. I can't afford this. A demand that she create a detailed map of all existing area business. That's the site plan I was telling you about. Wait, wait, wait. All existing area bi- businesses? businesses? Yeah. She, they needed to know what was going on around there. The city didn't have a map. 
This, by the way, was the thing that I was told in the town when I was building. You know, sorry, we don't have that. I'm like, here, I'll draw it for you where I'm going to, because they had a little map. Um, I, I, you know, I'll just draw mm-hmm. here. I'll just draw a little house there, and uh, that's where it's going to be. And they didn't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, uh, let's see, the city didn't have a map, and an $11,000 charge just to turn on the water. Wow. $11,000 to send somebody in, uh, out to turn on the water. And, of course, you can't drill your own well or anything like that either. Can't get around those charges. Right. The article doesn't investigate the origins and causes of this morass, but any plausible theory of urban development should figure out ways to dissolve the problem. I'd say it's a reasonable assumption that we can thank uh, Baptists and bootleggers for each uh, required permit. I don't know what that means. I don't either. One, uh, one by one, the pebbles collect to thwart the flow of the stream, and the San Francisco City Planning Commission seems to shrug its shoulders helplessly. The whole episode in red tape asphyxiation inspired a humorous take on the City's planning, and uh, here's an ex-normal sketch, which you can see at boingboing.com if you want to go and research this further. But, you know, it. this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is how liberty dies. You know, I mean, this is, it. it's just a little oh, bit by dead. a little bit. A little it's, bit it's by a little dead. bit. Sure. Sure yeah. it is. But. You're y- not free if you don't have the freedom to just do what you want as far as earning your own living. You're not hurting anybody else. You're selling ice cream. Indeed. And. You know these, but these city bureaucrats would act, would have acted like this woman. I mean, they would have sent in armed people to if shut her down. Raid, yeah, if she would have opened up without their permission. And the indoctrinated kids that we talked about earlier don't know anything else. Yep. No, they don't. You know, I mean, <laughs> I always found it interesting when I worked at the bank to be able to. I would talk to older people when they would come in to pay their property taxes, and they had a lot to say. You know, because they've seen. 60 years of progression and just and they things sat getting and let worse it all happen too and worse and worse what, well, what do can you one do? person do say no well how is one you know if i'm the customer of the ice cream parlor what do i do how does the what does the ice cream lady do besides not open up an ice cream shop you open up the damn shop anyway yeah that, you're a tough guy but uh, you know and you get anyway. together with other people who have the balls to do it too she's and then, making a lot of a great money right now say go to hell to the man when they come after you and then keep doing it till they what finally What about when they come after you with guns? Well, you don't shoot back. You have to do it peacefully. You get shot. I doubt they're going to shoot you over an ice cream parlor, but if you don't go with them, they They'll probably They'll just taser will. you. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post. Uh, we're not getting these uh, Edgington Posts out as much as we, we used to. I've got to say it's uh, probably it has some something to do with uh, the amount of uh, space that we can uh, use up on our server when we, we serve them up. So the I'm sorry for folks that are looking for lots of Edgington Posts, but um, I think this one's a great one. And I have in the studio with me, actually, uh, Bill Walker. Uh, Bill Walker, you, uh, go ahead and say hi. Hi. Yeah, I'm... Uh Currently writing for antiwar.com. I belong to the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. I'm the Ron Paul campaign uh, chairman in Sullivan County, so I cover a lot of uh, libertarian bases. <laughs> you do a little blogging over at lourockwell.com, Lou too. Yes, yes, I do. And I also write for the uh, Patch uh, website in Bedford, New Hampshire. So I 
Yes. Uh, the Bedford Patch? Is yes. that what it's called? Bedford, yeah. New Hampshire Patch. I'm familiar with it, actually. And you have a new article out uh, at antiwar.com that I wanted to talk, to talk to you about because I you know, read through it. And so many people are concerned with you know, military spending, defense spending um, here in the United States that we need to spend. Oh, yeah, yeah. The government needs to be smaller, but we need to spend more money on defense. And you have an article here that actually talks about how the United States isn't spending on defense. That's right. Uh, we we spend a lot on the military. Now, um, you know, Romney was constantly bringing uh, out this out as his position in the debate that the United States needed to spend more on the military. But if you look at what the United States does spend, we spend as much as the rest of the world put together. Our official military budget is about 43 percent of total military spending. However, that doesn't count a lot of things. We don't even count nuclear warheads as part of the military budget. Nuclear warheads are a few billion dollars in the Department of Energy. Oh, they're producing a lot of energy. Those things are. Oh, yes. Uh, let's hope they don't. Then there's uh, – we have $75 billion in the black budget that goes to our 17 intelligence agencies. The Veterans Administration, to take care of the results of our, our military on our own soldiers, is $132 billion a year. Um, we give foreign aid, which is mostly the, – the on-budget foreign aid is mostly for military help to various regimes, including Pakistan and North Korea, where we paid for both of their nuclear bombs. That's $53 billion a year. Homeland security spending to handle the blowback from our military uh, affairs is $57 billion. And then there's a lot of off-budget stuff that goes through the Federal Reserve. Uh, you can read about it in the recent Bloomberg uh, Freedom of Information Act request. There's it, it just incredible amounts go out through the Federal Reserve. But anyway, it's at least a trillion dollars overall for the military. But In a year. In a year. Every single year. However, we don't have any actual defenses. We don't have any missile defenses. We have 30 interceptors which protect Alaska. But that's only that's only if the attacker promises not to use any decoys or ECM. So uh, most of our cities are wide open to any form of military attack. The the British or French, which are both military powers and have both attacked us in the past, could attack us again. So um, if you're worried about the French, uh, I'm afraid you, you still have to worry. We don't have any anti-aircraft defense. Uh, that was proven on 911. A civilian airliner was able to hit the Pentagon even though we had 20 minutes warning, there was absolutely no missiles or fighters or anything that could, could get up and stop it. Because while we have lots of Patriot missiles and we have lots of F-15s and F-14s and F-16s, they're all guarding Riyadh or bombing people in Afghanistan or patrolling over Waziristan. They're not protecting Washington, D.C. or New York City. So they don't have they, they don't have a combat aircraft protecting Washington, D.C.? There are some combat aircraft which are tasked with with protecting Washington D.C. However, they cannot actually get up quickly enough to do anything. And yeah, I mean, unlike, how could they get up? How could they get up uh, quickly enough? Well, to- you could, you could. If you, if back in the '60s, we actually had an effective anti-aircraft defense. The National Guard units and Air Force between them had a couple thousand interceptors that were actually based in the United States instead of in the Middle East. And we actually had a radar net that looked around the entire country for a couple of years. We, we usually had gaps in it. But anyway, right now, we don't have radar coverage in most directions. That's why the drug smugglers just come right across the southern border with no problem. As, as far as um, you know, defending the United States, there just isn't any. You, you could if, – if Nauru or Liechtenstein decided to build long-range drones and attack the United States, there's absolutely nothing stopping them from getting through. And, That's disturbing. 
Okay. Then, of course, in the modern times, we're only supposed to think about terrorists because no no nation would ever attack us. Personally, I think we should still worry about nations. All it takes is one you know one uh, there's one particular guy the- one out of control guy gets into Pakistan or India or yeah. Russia or China, and all of a sudden we're back to needing uh, defenses against nations. But okay, well we'll ignore that for the moment. Let's look at terrorism. Terrorism means you have to have responses against a bomb that goes off. By surprise, because it was brought in by UPS or or just trucked in and you have absolutely no warning at all. That means you need civil defense. If if a nuclear bomb goes off, you need to be able to go quickly down to your basement bunker with its uh, filtered air supply. Now, in some countries, that actually happens. Israel, China – and especially the Swiss. I want to talk about the in Swiss In China, tonight. they have uh, basements with uh, filtered well, air? S- some, some people in China actually have some shelters. They, they have a civil defense program. It's not as extensive as the Swiss. Well, let's go back to the Swiss because the Swiss are a fairly unique country and need to be studied by people who are interested in preventing wars. Because unlike the United States that is always at war, the Swiss have not ha- been in a foreign war since 1815. 1815? What, what, what foreign war were they in and then? Uh, they were uh, – the, the Napoleonic Wars ran over Switzerland. Yeah, that would have been right. OK, sure. And after that, they – So they just lost essentially? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. They, 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 they As did everybody at that point. <laughs> right, right. Everybody lost to Napoleon. You can't hold that against the Swiss. So after Napoleon, they upgraded their defenses and they got their, their uh, system organized and they were able to stay out of World War I and World War II even though unlike the United States, which is probably in the best position of any world – you know, any country in the world as far as staying out of trouble – the Swiss are so in the absolute worst. In the worst. Spot. Yeah. They're worst. They're next to the Germans. They're next to the French. They're next to the Italians. They're next to the Austrians. All four of those nations have built their entire histories on conquering other countries. Indeed. So the Swiss have three elements in their defense. First of all, they stay out of trouble. They do not send troops to the Middle East. They do not send foreign aid to hold up all the dictators of the world. They they mind their own business. The second thing they do is they have a citizen army, which is completely decentralized and not controlled from the, the federal level. The individuals actually have the weapons in their own houses. They have their own anti-tank rockets or whatever up on the wall. Good Lord. <laughs> and that's why they've been able to stay out of war. The Norwegians had a, a militia system before World War II, but it didn't work. In fact, it worked against them because their weapons were in centralized armories, and the Germans actually dropped on dropped the paratroops onto Norwegian armories, took the artillery, which the Germans would not have been able to transport there, and actually conquered Norway more easily because of the weapons the Nor- Norwegians themselves had. Hmm. So centralized, uh, you know, d- uh, armories don't work. Right, right. The more spread out something is, especially if you're trying to be peaceful. If you're if you're trying to set up a system that can handle surprise attack, centralization will kill you. Look at France. France had a much bigger military budget than than Switzerland, and it fell apart in one month against Hitler because it was very centralized, and the Blitzkrieg was able to target certain areas behind the lines. And disrupt the the French army. The Swiss, every house was the army. There there simply wasn't anywhere to go. The, the the Germans thought about attacking the Swiss. Hitler hated the Swiss because the Swiss provided secret banking, which allowed a lot of Jews to escape Hitler. Uh, in modern times, we've uh, been hit with a lot of uh, propaganda about how evil the Swiss were and how they they didn't spend enough time tracking down the Jews after the after World War II to give them their secret account money and stuff because they'd been killed. But the truth is the Swiss helped save more Jews than any other country. They, uh, they made it possible for a lot of people to escape. How so? 
because the Germans who did not have secret accounts in Switzerland just had all their stuff confiscated by the Nazis, so they didn't have the money. Yeah, the Jews didn't have the money to buy tickets or bribe uh, immigration officials because in, in 1938 – the, the world actually got together, the United States, England, France, Australia, all the major powers except Russia got together and had a big conference about the uh, Jewish problem called the Evian Conference. And at that conference, they decided that, yes, the Germans were putting the, the Jews in camps and no, they weren't going to do anything about it. And they just left all their immigration controls in place. Right. Um, FDR actually used our Navy and Coast Guard to turn back ships full of Jews and force them back to Germany where they died. Was it more than one ship? Because yes. I knew of one yes, ship. Yes, yes, okay. it, it happened. It happened more than once. And of course, you know, the the announcement kept a lot of people from trying that, that otherwise sure. could have. So the only people that escaped were the ones that had money in somewhere that the Nazis couldn't get to it that they could use to bribe their way past the immigration barriers and get into other countries. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. So Hitler hated the Swiss. He I mean, came if you're up standing a- at the uh, the if you're standing at the 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 line there where you're hoping to get out of the the country, you hope you have yourself a gold sovereign or a franc, uh, you know, s- s- inside your coat that you could hand off to somebody and get through. Yeah, I mean, I unfor- I, I will have to admit most of my money is in paper accounts, but the paper accounts don't really do you much good if. Uh, you can't get to them if they decide to take them, and and you know every year the every year Congress introduces a bill to save Social Security by confiscating people's IRAs. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's definitely a potential problem for us. So anyway, uh, Hitler did hate the Swiss, and he came up with a uh, you know he ordered his gener- generals to prepare an invasion plan called Operation Tannenbaum, and they wargamed it out several ways. They were planning to fly float planes into the Swiss. Alps, lakes, and they were planning to drop paratroops various places. And every time they war-gamed it out, they would drop the troops and uh, they would all get killed because every single person had a rifle. (laughs) And there just wasn't any place you could put paratroops in Switzerland without getting them shredded. So they, they weren't able to use the Blitzkrieg methods. Yeah, this is the, this is the same set of geniuses that decided to attack uh, Russia. So um, you can see that they were somewhat optimistic in their in their in their planning. Yes, but even uh, even their optimism, they 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 realized that Swiss, the Swiss invasion would just have been a complete disaster, which it would have, and so they they gave up and left Switzerland alone. The the third element of Swiss defense is that they have civil defense. Every in 1934, they started a civil defense program to handle the problem of aerial bombing for World War II, and they started constructing shelters. And in 1961, they started a program to build nuclear shelters for the whole country. And now, is that effective now? I mean, you know, I suppose it would be effective for some people that were, and you know, outside the sort of the blast zone or whatever, right? It's completely effective against fallout. If the other countries in Europe have a war and Switzerland is not directly bombarded, it will be a hundred percent effective because okay. even a even a relatively small shelter, if you're just three feet underground in a well-designed basement that has an air filter system, the radiation level is reduced by more than a thousand. Okay. And Sounds good. the bigger shelters are even better. I mean, they have shelters. The Swiss have shelters under every single house, every single school, and every single business. Now, do they did they subsidize that? I mean, or did is that just a culture of um, you know preparedness? Well, it's a combination. They did subsidize it. I think it's a tax credit system. And interestingly. It's not at the federal level. The now, this is the same. I mean, you know, we have tax credits for all kinds of crap out there. Um, you know, things that uh, you know may or may not be of any use to uh, to, to the the country or individuals. 
but because it's not done by it's not done by the military it's done by individuals using their own contractors it's kept efficient mm. and it's not even done at the federal level anymore they did do it at the federal level for a little while uh, when they started the program but at this point um it's all down to the canton so it's like comparable to our state okay and the it's uh it's not that expensive at the peak of the program in the 80s they were spending 33 dollars a year now you know correct for inflation that's probably uh four times that nowadays or maybe five times so it might three dollars a year to what for to to build all these shelters so so all these shelters because they they started in 1961 and kept building them through the early 90s and now they just build them under any new construction Mm -hmm. but they managed to retrofit their whole country with shelters for about in modern money, probably about uh you know for in current money about one hundred and fifty dollars a year. Wow! And, and you compare that to our for to to give a to give a comparison, our military spends about six percent of our GDP every year. The Swiss spend about 0.9 percent, so their military expenditures are very very low compared to ours. And that's just to protect the Pope, right? <laughs> no, that's that's in the Vatican budget. I don't know what those figures would be. Okay. But the um, but this is the Swiss Guard. I'm just making a Swiss. Yes, guard yes, joke. yes. They, Best they, I can do. They have a couple, uh, couple hundred uh, Swiss Guards around the, the Vatican. But the um, the civil defense the Swiss have. If a major power attacked the Swiss full on and used, you know, if the United States used all eight thousand five hundred warheads that we have on the Swiss, yes, the Swiss would be beaten up badly. Sure. However. Presumably, they're not going to directly fight a major power all by themselves. And if just a couple of bombs hit them, their casualties will be much reduced. If other countries fight and the fallout comes over, they'll be totally protected. And as far as any terrorism is concerned, the Swiss went the exact opposite way the United States did. Yeah, I'm interested in this. In the United States, we disarmed ourselves and made ourselves easier for terrorists to attack. And we didn't harden ourselves at all. There's no gas mask for people in New York City. There's no shelters in New York City. There's no civil defense of any kind. If a terrorist attack goes off in an American city, it will kill just as many people as it will, would have before 911, and people will be less able to defend themselves. Remember in Mumbai in uh, India a couple years ago, they had a terrorist attack with uh, people just using AK-47s? Mm-hmm. Now, in Switzerland, if a couple guys g- get AK-47s and w- walk down the street trying to shoot people, that'll last for about three people, and then someone's going to go get their SIG and blow them to bits. Indeed, they will. I mean, an armed popul- an armed populace is going to take care of that problem before the police can ever show up. The uh, the burglary rate in Switzerland is very low, and that, that might have something to do with that as well. I would think so. I live in a town where they have no uh, town cop, but the burglary rate is extraordinarily low. Chances are good that if you, uh, you know, in this little country, uh, New Hampshire town, uh, decided to break into somebody's home and they happen to be there, that you're going to get yourself some forty four caliber brain surgery. Yeah, the yeah burglary in New Hampshire is not a long term uh, career proposition. So back to the defense. If the United States adopted the Swiss system, it would have a lot of advantages over the Swiss. We're not next to Germany or Russia. We have big oceans next to us and friendly countries next to us, and we have a lot more space. If we spent the amount of money that the Swiss spent on shelters, we could make ourselves invulnerable to even a major power attacking us. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't mean that no one would die. How can we? When you say we, um, it, it, it's, it's when you say we, it sounds like taxes. I'm suggesting 
to people that believe in national defense paid for by taxes that if they want some defense, they're going to have to start spending it on defense. Now, we could have a show on how you could do anarcho-capitalist defense like the Tannehills or David Friedman um, have talked about. Sure. And that would be a good show, and I, I agree that's uh, that's how it's going to be eventually. But it, it seemed like tax subsidies um, itself would be, like you had, had talked about, uh, essentially building these uh, the shelters. I mean, that, that in and of itself sounded, sounded pretty good. If you're going to spend money on defense, the most effective thing to do is spend it on defense. We currently are spending it on being mercenaries to every warlord around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're holding up, we're propping up ex-Soviet warlords in Afghanistan. We're propping up the North Korean god kings. We're propping up the Pakistani uh, regime, which is the only Islamic nuclear armed regime on the planet. It's been interesting to me during the Ron Paul campaign. Somehow it was an important issue that Iran might get a nuclear bomb at some point in the distant future. But it's not important that we've already given a much crazier regime in Pakistan nuclear bombs paid for by the U.S. taxpayer. Sure. That, and, and, we, and we also armed the North Koreans. In fact, the United States gave North Korea two nuclear reactors. Right. And I mean, you know, so no one's going to claim that there's any country of this any country that's crazier than North Korea. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, the United States basically armed them. Right. Uh, Actually, going back in history, there was one country that might uh, fight them for the title, and that was Pol Pot in uh, Kampuchea. But we also gave Pol Pot foreign aid even after the massacres. Mm, That's nice. Something that most people don't know. And and that's a very interesting thing not to know if you are if your taxes are paying to prop up every dictatorship on the planet it seems like that would be important to you and if these people who claim to be very you know i've talked to a lot of republicans at local meetings that claim they're very very concerned about defense none of them know anything about foreign aid they don't know what our money is going to do they have no idea what we're propping up right it's like people that believe that you can dump more money into public education and get better education yeah exactly exactly so, so I mean, you know just uh, let's spend as much money as possible on quote-unquote defense and then we'll get some some defense what other ways uh, has uh, switzerland uh, which is by the way another melt pot essentially of, of cultures um, how is it uh, that they've um, you know managed to have better defense well the secret banking also gave them some defense against uh, dictators I, I don't think that's as big a factor as some people have made out to be but it is true Hitler had a secret account <laughs> and it's also true that if he attacked Switzerland he certainly was never going to see that money again that much is because the, true. the gold in the Swiss banks was held at the backs of long tunnels and they they had them rigged to blow up they also had um, the tunnels between Germany and Italy rigged to blow. In fact, the uh, the Swiss defense plan in World War II was kind of interesting. It was um, radically aggressive. You, you know, it, it's funny. They were never going to leave their own country, and they're completely neutral. But it was a radically aggressive plan. The the uh, the, the German Swiss guy that they put in charge of Swiss defense for World War II came up with a plan that would take the whole Swiss army out of the cities, move it into the mountains, and have it sit on those rail tunnels between Italy and Germany, That thus making sure that Germany would lose the war. Hmm. And he told the Germans that before. He said, yeah, you could probably take Geneva, but while you do that, we will be sitting on those tunnels blowing them up, and you will never, ever get back your, your supply line to Italy. We're going to fight it with the whole army for the rest of the war. And, that, you know, the threat worked. It uh 
Yeah, but you know, you can say what it you want. It wasn't an empty threat, though. The guy really would have done it. <laughs> yeah, say what say what you want about the situation. I mean, the Switzerland managed to stay out of World War Two, World War One, which amazes me that uh, they fought World War One just around Switzerland. But I hadn't thought about this until I read your article at antiwar.com, and I consider myself, you know, like an amateur World War One expert, and I never even considered that Switzerland wasn't involved. But they Germany darn sure did sweep north of them. Yes, well, as the German general said, uh, the treaty between uh, Germany and Belgium was a scrap of paper. However, the Swiss militia was not a scrap of paper, and there wasn't any just brushing it out of the way. They couldn't just uh, flank France by going through Switzerland. All all they would have succeeded in doing would be uh, get themselves another front and go nowhere. Indeed, and in Switzerland's not exactly uh, you know low farmland anyway. So, um. although actually, you know that's a that's a little bit of a misconception because a lot of the population actually is in the low parts that are uh, adjacent to Austria and Germany, and actually it's fairly easy to invade those, except for the fact that it's full of Swiss armed with rifles. Now, and you're saying people in their home have RPGs and that kind of thing? Uh, well, they're Swiss, so they're much more fancy than RPGs. But, yes, they, they have anti-tank and anti-aircraft missiles. Wow. What do you think about it? They're really, what, what is the civilian um, – do people go to bars, get drunk, and shoot each other with anti-aircraft missiles? Generally not. Not, not very often, even in cultures that uh, would do that, like the Afghan. It's simply not – it's not a close-range weapon. It's not something you can even fire in a bar without killing yourself, too. <laughs> So why don't they have uh, crime like they have here in the United States? I mean, a lot of people would claim that if uh, if, if the United States population was armed like the Swiss, and pr- frankly, they probably are armed like the Swiss, um, that, you know, that they would be shooting each other in the streets. And, you know, it makes me it sort of makes me wonder what's the drug war like in Switzerland? Well, they still do have a drug war because like every other country, the United States has forced them to. Right. The, the 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 Swiss, in fact, do not have much of a, a secret banking system anymore because the United, United States, States has pressured yeah. them. The, the United States says, okay, if you want to keep trading with us, you have to let our IRS look at your bank records. And that's why Mitt Romney has his accounts in the Cayman Islands and not Switzerland because the Caymans still have bank secrecy. Yeah, why, now, why is it that the Caymans – is that basically their only export so they Exactly. Don't that's all they do. So they just refuse to give it up. The only way the Caymans are going to give up bank secrecy is when the troops land on them. Yeah. And it's not it's not impossible if uh, you know some some way that they can you know change the uh, the chips around on the map, then they would certainly probably try to do just something just like that. Oh, of course they would try. Uh, there's, I'm sure the Caymans have to spend some money on bribery. Indeed. Um, and so, some of that bribery may work against us too. I was looking into the gambling. Uh, there's a bill to uh, legalize gambling in New Hampshire coming up in the yeah, but it's in, only like two places, right? Right, right. And I, so, I, but I was researching the issue, and it turns out that the United States has succeeded in pushing the entire online gambling industry overseas. It's a thirty billion a year industry, and we managed to push the whole thing overseas. And so, of course, some of that's in the Cayman Islands, and. You know, they're on, all online gambling. Yes. You, yes. Know, you wonder how many more people would gamble if it was easy, though, and if you're able to advertise it here in the United States and, and that kind of thing. I mean, you know, so uh, other than going picking up and going to Biloxi or, uh, you know, Vegas or Atlantic City or whatever. What if you, you know, gamble online? And a lot of people I think a lot of people would do it if they you know, knew how. Well, that's probably true. It's like drugs. More more people would use drugs if they were legal. That might be that might be a correct statement. Although I'm not sure. I think some of the kids Portugal's, I know, I, some Portugal of the kids I know otherwise. think I, I think they do it only because it's illegal. But okay, let's say let's say it was true. Maybe there would be more. But just like drugs, it would be less damaging. 
because now there's a lot of illegal gambling mm-hmm. where you're not sure. You know, there's going to be uh, severe disagreements about people getting paid, people get shot. Um, also, if if you're gambling to entertain yourself, it's obviously less efficient if it's not entertaining. And most of the government gambling, to me, seems extremely non-entertaining. I, I can't understand the people to play the lottery. That seems like the most boring thing you could possibly do is sit there in a convenience store and, and throw money down the drain. <laughs> but you know, I, I can't say that I spend a lot of money on it either. But, uh, you know, lots of people really enjoy doing that. So what can the United States learn from um, from Switzerland? Could we be as safe as Switzerland? We could be safer than Switzerland just because we're bigger. That's, if, if the United States cut its military budget to a fifth of what it is now, instituted a Swiss shelter program and and actually brought some of our existing defensive weapons back, we already have Patriot missiles. They're defending Spain. They're defending Israel. They're defending Riyadh. If we brought those missiles back and put them around our cities, we could have a limited anti-ballistic missile defense and an anti-aircraft defense. If we brought our fighters back, we could have an anti-aircraft defense around the United States. I'm, so these countries, don't uh, we don't allow them to buy the Patriot missiles. We just house them there and and protect them actually that's not true there are some countries that do buy patriot missiles as well however we own a lot of them in in the middle east and we could you know just we could just tell them we could a a president could just call you know if there were such a president that was actually trying to do something besides help goldman sachs he could just tell the military okay move all your defensive stuff back to the united states take the missile cruisers that have their their Aegis systems and their standard anti-aircraft missiles, move them back to the United States, have them defend the port cities. We we could have a much better defense than the Swiss. We're much bigger, so even if a even if a country made a full scale nuclear attack on us, if we were protected as well as the Swiss, they would only kill you know a few percent of the Americans. And but with we the would Patriot then, missiles, they wouldn't be able to get the ICBMs through the. Um, I mean, an ICBM wouldn't be able to get through Patriot missiles, right? Likely. It, there are, there's uh, Pac-1, 2, and 3 Patriot missiles, and frankly, like most government programs, they're not that good. Um, so probably, yes, some of them would get through. However, it would increase the uncertainty. Okay. And if the companies were actually paid to have a competition where you had someone that was not them fire a missile at them and try to jam them so there would be some sort of realistic practice for the missile system the anti-missile systems the anti-missile systems might actually work we have been shooting down ballistic missiles since 1962 there was a nike zeus test back in the early 60s that worked fine and then there was a sprint sprint spartan missile system that was brought up in 1975 and turned on for one day and then shut off why is that uh ted kennedy i believe got that one but but in any case, uh, the, the, the overall uh, strategy supposedly is if the United States is completely vulnerable, that makes us safer because other countries will be deterred. You know, you don't so – the, the mad theory of, um, of military defense, MAD, which is what we're still using, is that if the United States tries to defend itself, that will make other countries produce more – um, more missiles more to aggressive. try to override our missiles, and that somehow that supposedly will make things more dangerous. Actually, I think the whole point is that the real war is between the people that control the Goldman Sachs and the rest of us, and the, the, you know they they want us to be afraid of. They need a bogeyman. You know? So, what can individuals do to learn from the Swiss model of protection? Well, there's a lot of things you could do. There's some good. There's some good stuff online about just uh, setting up your own 
civil defense. Now, you know, from a practical matter, the United States will probably just keep blundering along, invading more countries until we find we accidentally invade one that does have WMDs and they will blow away some of our cities. So, you know, uh, I I consider it very prudent for somebody to stock their basement. And um, there's a book uh, called Nuclear War Survival Skills, which is free online. Uh, It was written by a guy that used to work for – United States civil defense. Uh, How good is a basement in one of these situations? I mean, is it even if you don't change, not as good as a bunker, right? No, no, it's it's nothing like a Swiss shelter. But even if you don't uh, change anything about a basement, you still get a protection factor of about a hundred against a, a radioactive fallout, and you get a lot of protection against um, blast. I would assume you get some protection against blast. But I was going to say you also get protection against biological weapons and chemical weapons if you just stay inside. What what that. Uh, old director of Homeland Security was saying about duct tape. It's actually true. You actually do want to keep some duct tape and plastic sheeting around because you want to be able to seal the house up if there's a, a even a natural plague. That, that's the thing about civil defense is it's, it's uh, applicable to so many threats. If there's an asteroid hit or if there's uh, just a natural flu, say we got a flu that's as bad as the 1918 flu – if you have food stockpiled in your basement, then you don't have to go out in the epidemic for a couple of weeks. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. You just, if you just stay home for a couple of weeks, you've got a good chance of getting through the epidemic. So, um, you know, you're recommending to the listener uh, have some duct tape and some uh, Visqueen on, on, on hand, uh, have some food on hand, um, which uh, wisefoodstorage.com. Uh, you can go and uh, use coupon code FTL and, and get some. Uh, you need water before you need food, of course. Indeed. Water's a good idea. Now, how would one – I mean, at that point, you'd have to go outside in order to get the water. Usually, wells are outside, right? Well, the, you need the stored water. Stored water is more important than stored food if you'd want to be able to stay indoors. you. I Personally, I just have some five-gallon uh, water containers that are supposed to go on office water coolers. I just bought a few at Home Depot, and I put them in the basement. Probably a good idea. It would seem like uh, you know backup power supply certainly wouldn't hurt. Anything. Right. And speaking of backup power supply, the water actually came in very handy because, like you were talking about power monopolies earlier, uh, our power monopoly is extremely uh, unreliable. <laughs> we have New, New, New Hampshire Electric Co-op up in Plainfield. And so we spend, uh, we spend periods of a week, of a week at a time with no power. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll get you self-reliant. One. And it was very handy having some water uh, ready to go and uh, you know, be able to fill the toilets and uh, have something to cook with. Indeed. Well, uh, Bill, thanks for for stopping in and uh, doing this interview with us. Uh, people can go to antiwar.com. And uh, what's the best thing to do there? Search for Swiss? Uh, yeah, so search for a Swiss or search for Bill Walker, and I'll be putting up more articles on different different subjects. Well, it's been great having you in the studio. In fact, you were helpful on the, uh, the, the show this evening. You uh, told us some stuff about uh, nuclear reactors that we didn't know. Yeah, the nuclear issue is interesting. If it's... Uh it's not a pro or anti-nuclear issue. It's a pro-freedom uh, issue. If you got rid of the Price-Anderson Act, which is the act that shifts all the liability for the nuclear reactors onto the taxpayer, if you got rid of that and then also got rid of the anti-nuclear regulation, then you could find out whether we could have safe reactors or not. I, pres- I think we can. A lot of countries do. But the market would find the solution. Now, you said that there were uh, reactors that was uh, impossible for them to melt down, and I imagine there's some people that are listening to this podcast that would like to have more information on that. What would they do to find out about that? Um, there's – you could Google Argonne, Argonne Reactor 1986, and that would probably take you to the uh, first reactor that was built that, that was uh, meltdown-proof because the fuel rods were made – 
to expand fast enough that it if uh, it got too hot, the fissioning atoms would simply be moved apart from each other by the expanding alloy and the reaction would shut off. Wouldn't allow fission anymore. Right. Uh, Toshiba has some good information on their site and there's uh, – there's another pro-nuclear organization which is eluding me at the t- at the moment, but they have yeah you you want to you want to look at Doppler scattering because <laughs> that's the that's the uh, other method of keeping the reactors from being able to overheat if if you have too much Doppler scattering at a certain temperature then the neutrons won't be able to inter- interact with the other fissioning atoms and they'll shut shut the reactor off. But the bottom line is, if you put the liability on the company, the company will find the solution. The, the, uh, you know, it's like a lot of things, like education or anything else. The, you you can't really get together in a town meeting and solve technical problems. The way you right. solve technical problems is you make sure the people that are working on it are the ones that have the liability and they figure it out. <laughs> Makes sense to me, Bill. Thanks for the uh, for stopping in. And uh, you can people go over to antiwar.com and check out your article. Where do you want to go today? It's the 1,000 Places Travel Minute with Patricia Schultz, renowned travel expert and author of the number one New York Times bestseller, 1,000 Places to See Before You Die, with one more place to add to your traveler's life list. Once the residence of the Thai monarch, the Walled Grand Palace of Bangkok has been standing for more than 200 years. It was created by the Chakri dynasty of the Kingdom of Siam and remains one of Thailand's most dazzling destinations. The Grand Palace's sprawling complex contains more than 100 buildings and is the greatest single display of traditional Thai art and architecture in the world. The most renowned Bangkok temple, the Temple of the Emerald Buddha, is found within the gilded and inlaid grounds. The temple features its namesake, a 26-inch seated Buddha carved entirely from jade, seated on a 35-foot-high golden throne guarded by ancient bronze lions. The Buddha, the country's most venerated religious object, was lost and then rediscovered in the 15th century and has sat upon its throne protecting the country ever since. For more tips and information on the very best places to visit on your travels, please visit Patricia Schultz at 1000places.com. Do you know over 6 million people a year visit the Eiffel Tower? What you may not know is that just around the corner is a hidden cafe with the best croissants in Paris. When you travel with Trafalgar, you'll travel with an insider who will show you must-see sites and share unique experiences. So call 1-866-544-4434 today for a free brochure or visit us at Trafalgar.com. See the world from the inside with Trafalgar. Trafalgar.